0: Hi, hey everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. This week marks 350 episodes. That's seven years of memorable interviews, thousands of unsolicited movie reviews, and more laughs than I can count. I took advantage of the occasion and hopped on the show to catch up with the crew and answer a few of your questions. You can expect high-quality athletic performance talk, from another podcast because this week we have far more important things to discuss like how you don't quote borrow firewood and how if costco repeatedly emails and calls you about contaminated almond butter it's already too late here it is episode
1: 350
2: what's happening This is Luke, and I'm here to announce that this is the start of another episode of the Premier Podcast in Strength and Conditioning. Ing. (laughs) Get no ing out of this guy. Ah, we got an ing, but after you get no. uh, That's right, people. Callie, edit in that ing. (laughs) And then use that, like, uh, on the radio, we'll have a soundboard that's like, ing, ing, ing. John's just saying, ing. Yeah, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's right, people. This is the 350th episode. Now, you may not think that's an amazing feat, but we certainly do. Um, we didn't see it lasting past 100. Well, the fact
1: that we've wasted 700 hours doing this is kind of pretty, mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Just absolutely
2: crumpled it up and threw it away. No, Nothing good has come of it. I think Tex is going to cry. That's wow. a lie. Yeah. We have touched <laughs> dozens of people. With meaningful strength and conditioning information, connecting seven, them. Seven hundred hours
3: of the burn band being off. That's a long time. That's a lot of burns. That's why your shirt's red.
2: Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. But, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not wearing a if shirt. If you are a listener, first off, if you're a new listener, we have advice for you. Do not. Do not start from the beginning. (laughs) Work your way backwards, okay? So it's kind of like that Simpsons episode where they brainwash people to join the Navy because they play it backwards. Isn't there like a, a theory on the Beatles, a Beatles song that if you play it in reverse, it's like praise Satan or something? Anyways, don't listen to them backwards. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying start, if you, the 350 is the first one you've heard. The next one should be 349, 48, 47, 46, back to one and you'll know you'll know when to stop wasn't going that Ozzy Osborne or
1: wasn't it uh, Judas Priest suicide solution maybe that they said that if you listen to it back okay
2: well, well it sense. anyways it's all the devil that's right people and for those longtime listeners out there I know you're there I know you've been listening I know you dig in I know that you have changed your perspective on training perhaps even life fatherhood being a husband or a wife whatever it is it's your turn to pay it back, right? Is it pay it back? I guess it could technically be paying it forward, depending on I think somebody. You pay needs.
1: it forward. Yeah, because if you pay it back, it's, it's like you're going back in time, we're paying it forward because we're going forward in
2: time. But pay, pay back would be to give back, right? No, but paying it forward would be to take what you've learned and pay it give pass it to it on. someone else. Yeah, yeah. so here's what how you're going to pay it forward and not pay it back because we don't need you to give it back to us, but you are going to go to the Power Athlete Radio podcast page, leave us a review. Just don't even think about one, two, or three stars, not even Instant four. Instant five, we're five. Instant five star. This is rock star material, people, and leave a review. Let us know how we've helped you along your training journey because odds are that's how you found us. You're banging weights, you're back squatting, you're grabbing barbells, dumbbells, you're in the gym, you're trying to make a better version of yourself, and you came here looking to learn how to squat toes forward. But what did you get? So much more. That's what the Premier Podcast and Strength and Conditioning offers you. It's time for you to let the world know. Give us a review, five stars, tell all your friends about it. What else do we want to say to them?
3: Pass on the episode?
2: Yeah, and share the episodes, I guess. Yeah, pay for it. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about us. Let's talk about us. hey oh, because our special guest today is not friend of the podcast, John Wellborn. Well, the friend of the podcast is still here. But you're not the special guest. No, I'm never the special guest. I'm just a friend of the podcast. Oh, don't say that. We think you're the special guest all the time.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. You will be the special guest in Germany in
2: September. Are mm, you saying that we are going to be doing
0: a
1: Block 1 event and maybe a free
2: paid lift and learn thing? Mm -hmm, Ladies and gentlemen, we are... We are going back to Mr. Worldwide. Call us pit bulls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, b- back to our stomping grounds in Nuremberg, yeah, Germany, yeah. so that we can That's administer right. the Block 1 and maybe a bleep-fit football kind of experience. experience. That's
2: right. Ladies and gentlemen, what John is alluding to is we made a mistake. We all sat through a seminar recently, and let's just say there's a niche that needs to be scratched. The big guy wants to get the band back together, wants to get on the road, and he wants to start you know, exploring that seminar life again, and we're going to venture out over the pond into Germany, and we're, we're going to host it for sure a block one. So if you're in the methodology courses and you haven't finished and you're over in Europe, it's time for you to go into TurboDrive. Get through all your lessons, submit your form at the end, and get the invite to the best show on earth, Coming to Germany. And like John said, there's gonna be a little power athlete party afterwards, too. So more info on that later. Keep your eyes and ears on social and on the podcast. Uh, but enough about these amazing opportunities. Let's talk to our longtime power athlete radio collaborator, current producer, former co-host, Callie Hindelman. Kelly Kel- Kelly 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 Cary, Carrie. Carrie Hindelman. Carrie Hindleman. AK Kelly Hensman. I don't really even know her name. But we're just gonna kind of ref- recollect and have a good time. Ready? Set? Party. Go. We were just curious why you keep your headphones with all your pots and pans and why you are wearing <laughs> cinder blocks for shoes.
0: Cinder blocks? This is uh, a yeah. this is a hard Those are walk.
2: hooves. Those Callie, are... wait till you hear the audio. It's like She's walking dun, around dun, barefoot dun, 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 and dun. those are hooves. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. It's the horseshoes cl- lacking.
0: Put on a few pounds, too. <laughs> Could be what do you mean? Could be that. What's,
2: what's your bulk up to?
0: Uh, just just bulking around the midsection following a power athlete uh, fat tire.
2: Yes. It's,
1: uh, <laughs> is there a baby bump? Can we see a little baby bump?
0: Um, that's weird. <laughs>
1: No, it's not. Come on. You stand gotta stand up and let me see. Yeah, you the knees. No. You go down like, no, here, I'll show you how to Just stand do. up and turn to the side it's, a little bit. Yeah,
0: that's like, weird, though.
1: No, it's not. You guys no, don't are such, you guys are such Like this. Don't oh. do anything creepy like, 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 like Luke's doing. This is a, I see? You see? I don't
4: know. That's yeah. a huge bitch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice.
1: That's good. Oh. That's good. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a uh, year at the point where um, you have to, like, tell people, you're like, you know, I'm pregnant. So they don't just don't think that you've that gained a couple LBs. yeah. Yeah, they're uh like and, and you'll see girls all the time. They'll take like pictures with them like yeah, they holding hold, the bottom they, of it. Hold, yeah. Yeah. So it's like I'm pregnant, not fat. And yeah. uh I love it. I think it's hilarious where I'm like, fuck that. Who cares? But even
0: if I even if I like get fat or something, I'm still gonna hold the bottom like <laughs>
1: you know? Perfect.
2: I'll, I I, I think forever oh, you're pregnant, no, it's fat. No, it's fat. I
0: guys, <laughs> I read the most hilarious amazon review for like maternity jeans i was just looking for ones with like an elastic waistband or whatever
1: was and it luke? <laughs> but luke from the bulking protocol They're Very comfy.
0: there was a picture yeah. associated but it was hilarious this woman i saw this one-star review for these like levi's that i thought were pretty legit and she she said let me just start off by saying i'm not pregnant i'm just fat <laughs> and i laughed out loud and she's like These jeans did not make me look skinny whatsoever. They did not like tuck in my belly or whatever. And she took a picture and she was just like a fat lady with a big elastic band. And I'm like, they're not meant to like compress your midsection. They're meant to just be comfortable. I think those are called spanks. I was like, that's a bold move, lady. Bold move. I appreciated that.
1: Isn't that what they are? The Spanx, like the bodysuits. Yeah. I think, yeah, those are the ones that make you look skinny. Yeah, like the sausage casings. You gotta, like, slip in. Yeah. Like, like the one that Trump wears. You need, yes. like,
0: you need two handlers to help, like, hike him up on either side. Oh, yeah. It's like a singlet.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, now what do you want to talk about? Do we have an agenda? Did you have a, agenda? Like, do you have a flow in uh, your Of course. He's Text? got
1: a bunch of weird, like, symbols written down over here.
2: What those n- are letters, John? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't That's know. It looks alphabet. like symbols.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in yeah, we,
3: Greek. We posted, so we're still waiting on some answers to come in. So we can just wrap. What But in what terms answers?
0: Wrap battle? W-
1: the answers that you provide for these questions that are incoming. Oh, well, I mean, uh, I think Kelly should answer the questions as our special guest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just friend of the podcast. Friend
0: of the podcast. Should we do,
2: do we want
1: to light up an uh, official intro? Yo, this is uh, the Denny K show. Hit it, Jay. You know, I did it, and he never came back on the deal. Like, at that point, he was like, fuck those guys. Maybe. Or
2: maybe he just had other things to do. Probably.
0: So what, so, okay, you have to remind me of, like, the timeline of that. Did you tell him, like, cease and desist, and then also, if you <laughs> want to do this, it has to be, like, you're allowed to do it, but with a, like, under our supervision type thing?
1: No, Luke was doing something clandestine with those two monkeys right. <laughs> and, uh, and was looking, looking to do a proof of concept. Didn't give me a heads up, so all of a sudden I see uh, this thing right, pop okay. through and I see these guys right. start like power, uh, like a Power Athlete podcast and I'm like,
2: who? Um, wait a minute. So John had just heard of Game of Thrones and he was on like a six-week binge <laughs> of Game of Thrones and I said, John, Denny and Steve want to do a podcast. Are you cool with that? And he's like, yeah, totally and then just obviously wasn't listening to me and was catching up on his Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> that is not true. Uh,
1: I, cannot confu- <laughs> I, I cannot confirm or deny. Was, uh, Game of Thrones
0: I... did not exist when they started the podcast.
2: Yeah. It like, uh, <laughs> <sighs> mm-hmm. so. <sighs> Maybe it was a date, friends date
0: marathon. Check.
2: So no, it was a, it was a conversation in passing, and it was like a make it happen moment, and then I recorded in between at lunch at a seminar. I think we were... I want to say it was me and you and see, um, at Gravity Jeans. I don't remember. Maybe. Or was it me and Ben? Anyways, and then I did it at lunch real quick, and then they went in and were so excited and fucking posted it, like, <laughs> that second, versus, like, all right, oh. let's see how, yeah, let's see how it <laughs> turned out. Let's do a little quality control. I think what Luke
1: said is, hey, I'm thinking of maybe standing up a podcast. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, nothing official. And he, and that's all he said. <clears throat> And then all of a sudden, I see this thing posted up, and these dudes mm-hmm. blowing it up on social media, and I'm like,
0: <laughs> "And it says the official podcast of Power Athlete." Of
1: Power know. Athlete, yeah. And I'm like, "Who the fuck are these ass clowns?" Nothing official. Know? Well, I mean, if they'd used their handles, Professor Booty and you know Denny K, they, I don't, I don't know who Denny is. Crack. He really Professor
0: uh, Booty still? I don't. I think no, he's grown but out uh,
1: well, no, but he, his handle I thought was wasn't it Booty?
0: I think so. Uh, or maybe that's just what I, we called him.
1: I think he I think he calls himself Professor Booty, and not because he has he has a big booty. I think no, it was Stephen
0: Playtech. I think it's because it he shows, likes booties.
2: So so you captured the comment they dropped, but and it was comment by Stephen Playtech, February tenth, twenty 2013, 4.15 p.m. It was on the CrossFit Football site. So it wasn't we didn't there was no Instagram or anything yet then. Yeah, that's right. So it took,
0: it took him like four years to cor- correct our pronunciation of his last name, though it's not Playtech.
2: Are you sure? I think it, it is. It's Platic. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it feels like. I mean, it's not like Santos and Santus, you know. But it's uh, Platic Playtech. Well, Blog Talk Radio
2: slash Power Athlete twenty thirteen two ten episode one.
1: <clears throat> well, Anywho. they they also didn't give any heads up that you were in it. It was just Denny K and mm-hmm. and uh, and Platic. You know, I mean, at least if I, if I had seen in there with like with special guest Sure. Luke Summers with a Z. Mm-hmm.
2: Any anyway, so and then I remember it being like after day two of the seminar and they're freaking out. I've got like 30 text messages from Denny and like, dude, we're so screwed. And then just brought John up to speed and like, all right, hang on, let's think this through how we want to like publish this and promote it. Right. And that's what and then that was it. And then I think the next episode, John was on.
1: No, um, I wasn't on like for like the first hundred.
2: <laughs> That's how you remember it.
1: Um, <laughs> I blacked out. Was I on the next one? <laughs> I think this. so. My cat. Mm, he, he, nobody knows. If only there was a way we could archive and look at these things.
2: I, I just pulled it all up. Here we are. Yeah. Feb 28 radio show tomorrow. John's available.
0: Sounds wow, so good. how many years ago is that now? Because we're just, we just. Seven.
2: Uh, so that was Feb 28, 2013.
0: Seven. Holy shit. I remember when you used to record in the um, apparel shop in Balboa.
1: Oh, that? yeah, I remember that? What was that pre Power Athlete? We stood up. Uh, yeah, I think
0: so.
2: I think so. And so here, <laughs> and then on the 28th, Plattix bitching about somebody who's on the uh, comments today who thinks plant protein is uh, superior to animal protein. So this has been, this has been yeah. <laughs> the, bad, uh, the CrossFit football boards have been going on since the, the, it's, uh, its, its birth.
1: It's 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 coming up on like a what would it be? It'd be nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 12, for 12 years.
2: Yep. And then pro- whey protein is bad for you. Was also on that. It's oh, so sad
0: that it's just like these cyclical arguments.
2: It gets tiring.
0: Yeah. You yeah. guys look Beating tired. Beating a dead horse. It's not like a
2: good joke <laughs> that you can just keep telling over and over and over again. Like the hooves thing.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Good one.
2: Remember, the, remember that joke?
0: Mm
2: hmm. <laughs> do, do you get that a lot I at, at, at SPD? The guys people, that, and gals at SPD give that. People have taken
0: notice. Yeah, just independently, which makes me think that there really is something wrong with their <laughs> foot size. So,
2: or maybe they really are hooves.
0: <laughs> I haven't to well, full the, disclosure. Uh, I haven't inspected them closely ever. I'm well, too afraid.
2: the weird
1: thing was Callie was rocking like bell bottoms. What? And so the, the 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 bottom of the pant leg was so big that just like it was just a tiny little piece of foot. I mean, her feet are what like a four or five. I
0: was five? hired in the '70s, so it
1: was like. A <laughs> well, well, don't you remember uh, when bell bottoms were real big?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, And you
1: were rocking them, like, like, l- literally, like literally, like walking literally around through. Newport Beach, and people were like, "Where are you from? The I Midwest?" Because that shit came out of like ten years ago. You're like, "What? I'm uh, bell bottoms are big."
0: There were flares, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you knows.
1: Oh, God! I, I remember in college when all of a sudden, like, um, like uh, that whole like Steve Madden shoe.
2: Steve Madden. <laughs> <Steve laughs> Man, he's like,
1: he's like, look at his face. He's like, Steve. <laughs> kind of similar to when you said Nick Kyle. That's Nick, what it reminded me of. Nick Kyle. <laughs> Look at <it>. Nick <laughs> Diamond.
2: I, Diamond, Diamond Donny Azores. Uh, uh, so Cal, to get up to speed, um, t- I forget what. So we have a coach, block one coach named Nick Kyle. Were you able to? <laughs> Could you understand his first and last name there?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I gathered.
2: <laughs> yeah, like you'd be able, to be able to spell it if you needed to. Right. And we all know who Nick Kyle is, so even if you said like Nikal, you could probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey John, did you talk Nikal? Oh yeah, I did talk right. to Nikal.
0: Like if you're in a real hurry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> McCulkin is like, yeah, we can we could always uh, loop in Kyle. <laughs> Nick. Kyle.
1: <laughs> Nick. John just like.
2: What in the hell was that? Was and, like, and, I had a banana. Yeah, it was. It reminded me of like a cat
1: eating peanut butter. That's yeah. what it looked like. And he's like, No, I'm like, would you swallow it deep throat style, or is it stuck no, in the back? Because that doesn't parch your mouth at all. No, <laughs> yeah. that's how I eat my bananas. Well, yeah, I mean, it, doesn't like everybody duck? just I hold? got down to chew, just you know, just like a bird spice. swallowing a, a sardine.
0: He's showing signs, clear symptoms of a seizure, and you guys don't even. <laughs> <get into that. laughs> Do you need
2: CPR? Yeah.
0: Uh. Your first inclination
2: is to make fun of him. Yeah. Look at him
1: joking. It kind of reminds me of like an airplane when the dude's like when they're dancing on the, at the club and the guy gets stabbed in the back and he's doing this like with the point <laughs> on his back and everybody starts doing the dance to their point.
2: <laughs> yes. uh, Sorry, McQuilkin. Poor tax. I didn't know you were joking. If you need mouth to mouth, just tell me. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, Luke like jams his fist in his mouth and he's like, hold on, I'll give you something to choke on.
2: <laughs> choke on this, McQuilkin. Uh,
0: Just say something, God! All,
2: I guess you good, you fucker. <laughs> uh. So I do have
3: a line on the first episode in which we proclaimed to the premiere, premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Oh. So which podcast was that? It was John, <laughs> John, and I with Jim Steele and Zach Evanesh in the probably the best audio capture event mm-hmm. of. You mean the one we didn't get history? Well, we we got some of it. Uh-huh. The five-hour podcast in which fifty minutes were captured, <laughs> give or take. And this is when you proclaimed premier podcast in strength conditioning. I believe it was from the Evanesh because then the next episode
2: we, we ran started. Be-
3: yes, but it was very inconsistent, so it was almost every ten or so. So it goes 180, first mention, one eighty one. How do you know? was you and I? I got a, I got a beat on this, and then one ninety four,
2: one ninety four. 204, 218. So we were... How do you... So you went back and listened to the intros of these? Of every podcast to determine when we started saying it?
3: More or less. <laughs> but then 240, we had... This Evan is what Ash- you've been doing This fucking time? guy knows Listening how to party. To
1: no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's just sitting there doing tequila shots. Like, every time <laughs> I say, Premier Podcast for the conditioning, he, like, takes a tequila shot. He's like, well, we had nine, and I'm on episode 400. <laughs> no, I've been hanging out with John's... F- New friends, and they have been <laughs> working their way backwards. So, Kelly, oh, uh, I told these guys, I um, uh, my daughters had a father daughter dance at school, and so you know we're getting ready to go. And Kate's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to uh, Verdes, which is this Mexican joint up the street, beforehand for dinner with like some of the other families." I'm like, oh, "Okay," and then I was like, "Why are we doing this?" She's like, "Well, one of the dads was kind of nervous. He didn't know anybody, so the wives got together, or like you know from the school." And uh, we're like, Oh, we should all meet, that way the husbands can meet each other. I'm like, This is so dorky. It is. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> terribly. So we show up and uh one of the guys who's sitting next to me introduced himself and then the whole time and I start talking, whatever, and he's like, Are you John Wellborn? I'm like yeah, I introduced with John. He's like, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh. He's like, I didn't know you guys. Weren't. Did
2: you say, whoa, whoa, whoa? It's not my podcast. I'm just,
1: uh, yeah, I'm special, a special guest. guest. <laughs> but I was like, you, you know, we live here in Austin. He's like, I'm on the early ones. You guys are still in Newport Beach.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, those oh, are whoa. awful. Oh my god, if he's still I, listening to it.
1: Uh, that's what know? I said. I'm like, yo, man, start at the uh, start the at the end and work your way back because those early ones are rough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, maybe that's just a style. My my question is: You went to a father-daughter dance. Which daughter did you decide to take?
1: <laughs> well, I showed up with two this dates. Your favorite? No, I had double dates.
0: Oh. <laughs> but it's uh,
1: you probably remember being uh, seven, I thought you would have
0: like have tryouts or something for your.
1: Well, you remember being First one seven eight or seven to eight years old. <laughs> so it was funny because we show up and, uh, um it was like, first of all, a lot of these dads didn't have good dance moves. So I had to break, uh, I had to break it out a little bit. Human air guitar? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I was picking them up and like spinning them Double around dash. and doing stuff. I was like, hey, do the flips. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, we got up there and shook it up a little. But what's funny is, um, I still can't figure it out. They were really concerned where their friends were at all times. Like, oh, I'll have to go find my friend. And uh-huh. I didn't know if that was code for like smoke cigarettes in the bathroom. I asked them, like, oh, yeah, that's are definitely- you guys smoking cigarettes or doing shots in the bathroom? And they're like, what are you talking about? Rubble like, oh.
2: Stillskin? <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you, did you guys steal Uncle Luke's and Malort's? Uh huh. You know what's good in you, Rub. <laughs> Rubble <Ruben> Stillskin. Rubble <laughs> Stillskin's a good man. So are you guys? <laughs>
1: so yeah, it was uh, it was fine. I mean the the problem though is one of the I think it was the assistant principals was the DJ, and she didn't play anything newer than about 1979, which I'm usually okay. cool with, other than the fact that it was like. Steve Miller Band and all this like 70s uh, bubblegum crap that I hate. And um, I was pretty fired up. I wanted to go over there and be like, "Come, like, let me give you one of my amazing podcasts because I know Ingo B's listening to this. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, she probably would have crushed Ingo B in a spinoff.
2: I just don't understand why DJ Muscle Boy isn't on repeat. Uh, that's all I would have played. Pump him up. Pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the anthem for Jack Street right now. I don't yeah. think that's perfect for a Z-Z-Z- kid's Z-Z-Z- dance. How? He's speaking Icelandic. Yeah, he's doing the muscle know. dance for all you boys and girls. Look at that pecs on that DJ. <laughs> that's a muscular <laughs> DJ. Yeah, Callie, uh, I have you to thank for that introduction. I can that's remember true. it like it was yesterday. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't get I, it, but I'm fascinated. I think he was kinda <laughs> it was kind of awkward when we had him on the podcast. Oh, we like, got to get him back. Like
0: mm-hmm. he there, didn't, there was a little bit of a language barrier, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: that's that's to be expected. I mean, I don't know. He I still haven't quite figured him out. Text that thing that you tagged us in the other day. <laughs> that's so funny. Where he just yells,
2: <laughs> "I'm gay!"
0: Uh, is that a problem?
2: <laughs> <laughs> On the new oh white my God. Yeah. Oh, that's great.
0: <laughs> I like how what like what's the context? I have no context for how or why. Well,
2: so that that show it's you, got that's got to be fake. Oh, no, the, like you,
0: the Wipeout? Did you, yeah, do you ever watch uh, Wipeout?
1: No, but I, I was laughing, being like, uh, waiting for him to like go down, and he did. That's why it's funny. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah so, so, like, the <laughs> intro to that, well, what, after they produce it and play it, at least from what I remember, because what I remember, it is an English dubbed version of like a Japanese. Oh, wipeout. what is that? Mm-hmm. MXC. X- MXC, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And then, like, Afghanimation? they would do like an Afghanistan animation. <laughs> uh, they would do like an aerial zoom into the car- competitor, and they would just say something totally random and then go. Like, it yeah. had nothing to do with anything. it would be like, I wear a size 10! And then just go. And uh, so I think they're just kind of replicating that with the, this English wipeout. Yeah.
0: Oh, that was funny. <laughs> I'm gay! Is that a problem?
1: <laughs> uh-huh. For those of you guys that don't know what we're talking about, we had in episode 1 Gills 87?
0: If, if you're able to pull that number out of your ass, there's no way...
1: Well, you know what a one eight seven is, so that's why I thought it was one eight seven. One eight
0: seven, uh, I don't know from only from rap songs.
1: Dude, I uh, uh, so when I'm programming for the site, like I'll go on and I like usually just like let YouTube. I'll hit 109. something one hundred nine, and uh, all of a sudden Warren G and Regulate came up, and I was like, oh, I'm about to regulate on your ass. <laughs> oh, I, I like li- listen to him. The kids like, what do you listen to? I'm like, shut up. We're listening to Warren G and Nate Dogg. Oh yeah. I'm like, bow your head in respect to Nate Dogg. They're like, what?
2: This DJ be Warren G. Mm.
1: 109. Yeah. We had yeah, 109. The most muscular DJ in the world. z Zit did. Zit did. What's his name? Einar.
2: Gill. Gills. No, I thought it was Einar. E Gills. Yeah. Something Einar Gills.
1: I say we go to Iceland and hear him in person,
2: like in person podcast.
1: Yeah, like show up and we're like, hey, one of
0: his Power
1: Athlete Radio. We're here to do a live podcast. Remember
0: us, techno show. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: What are you researching over there, McQuilkin?
1: DJ Muscle Boys got it on Wikipedia. Ooh. Does he really? Mm-hmm. As God, he should. Damn it. Does it say that he was uh, he was a guest on the Premier Podcast and Strength and Conditioning? We um, should update that. We should definitely add that. <laughs> we do, should. Uh, do you
0: guys have a Wikipedia? Some somebody, well?
1: somebody does. John oh. well,
0: Somebody does. does. Yeah, I know. I'm not talking about you. Obviously, you do. You guys don't.
2: Me? Why not. would I? No, I don't want that type of. Scrutiny people that oh, tell the world who I really am. No, but everyone,
3: all own. your boys would mess with it. Oh, yeah, and create all this myth uh-huh. for the Luke Summers. It
2: wouldn't be flattering, it would be like criminal endeavors that I'd never have done. But they probably all no, happened. No, <laughs> uh, this never happened. It really happened. Wink, wink. They can't hear you winking. So, Callie, what g- give us an update?
0: What is an update? Um, let's see. Um, still, you got to start with the weather. Still, yeah, it's a balmy 50 degrees outside. Pretty standard Seattle weather. um It pains me that I'm even telling you the weather right now, dude. <gasps> we have been having so I can't believe I've you guys drugged me into this.
1: Yeah, bring now it. It's like I don't we know. drug why, you or why we why drugged I, you?
0: You drugged you drugged <laughs> me. You got a dart. You got a
1: fucking dart in your neck.
0: <laughs> oh. But it has been so crazy windy, and we have. um some like i don't know probably 100 year old huge um trees out back that are getting ready to fall i i don't think they're getting ready to fall we they've they've been checked for like structural integrity and that kind of thing but i always get paranoid when the wind is crazy that it's just gonna smash and kill me in an instant
1: do you send tom up there in the middle of the storm and he has to like scale up and stand in there and then like do you know flares and signals to let you know (laughs) if it's gonna fall you're like get there and, and let me know if it's gonna fall you stand in that tree
0: I would if that selfish son of a bitch was here. I absolutely would. Yeah, yeah. Now I just shake in my bed in terror and just hope that it ends swiftly. You know.
1: So. Yeah, that's all we can ever really hope for.
2: Are we obviously? Are we recording from the new the new digs?
0: Yeah, this is the the heasy. Yeah.
2: Looks so. lovely. Is that did you yeah. paint or is that the stock color?
0: This stock color. Uh, <laughs> this house is like a hundred years old, so I don't know if they had like a stock color. But they probably
1: would have had uh, wallpaper. It was expensive.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. They had this painted beforehand. I did a little bit of touching up. No one's going to let, li- nobody cares about this. Why? Are I, I you do, because we care.
2: And then, so I like that little <laughs> plant in the back. Is that, is that like uh, your plant? Did that come with the house?
0: That, Luke, what? It did not come with the house. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh. The plants are mine.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about that mirror? Did that mirror come with the house?
0: All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's over. Over. <laughs> <laughs> over. Ah, little Fight
1: Club reference.
0: That's right. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, what else? Um, weather gave you the weather update. What else do you want to know?
2: Oh, uh, that sweater back there—did that come with the house?
0: Oh my god! The
2: yellow one? I think that's. I think that's, that's a. a sweater. Or is that I, I, an afghan? I, that's a throw, uh, like a throw carpet. It's oh, throw. that's uh, for like
1: for old mm. old grandmas. Shawl. A, like shawl, a shawl. Is that shawl? Did that
2: shawl
0: come with the house? It's a fucking blanket.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, you could use it as a shawl. You just need like a clasp. Around the neck. My bad. Is this
0: really what you guys wanted to talk about?
2: Is that did that blanket come with the house? <laughs> <laughs> My
1: God. Are we going to argue about vegan protein? No, we've already done that. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I don't. Are these? Is that a question that was just?
1: No. Do no, you have to deal?
0: So,
2: all right, Kelly, let's talk about. Um,
0: what do you want to talk
1: about? Let's talk about your favorite moments What's of the podcast. How about
2: your experience What's, with the game changer stuff within like? SPD. Did that become? Did that get traction in there? And were there were there a lot of uh, law enforcement that were considering a vegan approach to life, to get healthy, and fit, and I don't ready think to work? So. You don't think so?
0: I don't think so. I Cops think don't a, fall like, for that stuff. There's we have one uh, staunchly vegan cop who is uh, is he's pretty jacked actually. He's pretty uh-huh. big, but he claims that he's been vegan for about 10 12 years because he he says that his doctors determined that he was allergic to like being able to process meat protein. Uh-huh. So this is this is what he claims. And so um not
1: that, to not to cut you off that could but be a there thing, right? yeah that is a real thing there I believe it's a tick or there's a virus uh, that if you get bit you end up developing um, some form of like autoimmune disease where you can't di- digest animal-based proteins.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about it to really even debate him. But he has asked me like on numerous occasions, like, is is vegan protein powder, is it even remotely like no equitable to whey protein or um, animal protein powder? Well, and like I,
1: even whey protein isn't like uh, ideal. I mean, in in a perfect world, I feel like uh, protein shakes are kind of like a a timing or a stop gap or like, hey, if I'm trying to eat like a higher protein diet with like a lower fat deal, sometimes you gotta throw protein shakes in, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I, kind of see them as like diet saves Mm -hmm. where, uh, oh shit, I'm um, I haven't hit my my, uh, mark for protein today and I've eaten all my fat and you're like all right, I'm gonna have a protein shake or I gotta fucking suck down some egg whites but um, for the most part, like it's not as nutrient dense, it's just
0: Yeah, I think he ends up eating like a shit ton of food to try to like
1: uh, have you ever gone about. out to dinner with, like, a, like a vegan? I have not. <clears throat> so Susie's a vegan. And uh, whenever we go out to dinner with her and the kids or whatever, the amount of food, like, green stuff, like, they'll bring her a salad. And, like, as I'm, like, you know, obviously, like, watching her, she like, 20 minutes later, she's still just chewing through this. And I'm like, I don't think I could chew that much. My jaw would explode. I can't be a vegan. It's too much chewing. There's way too much. <laughs> Down with the chewing. I want, like, just, like, the most nutrient-dense, like, small, like, like, the most amount of nutrients in the smallest package so I don't have to eat that much.
2: Yeah. And, and something you don't even have to chew, like a banana. <laughs> well.
1: <laughs> but, like, I, I was like, man, like, I, it just, like, uh, like, like looking at it, like the, ca- like, the mass in this bowl probably had to be, yeah. like, 400
2: calories. I, man, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's a lot of I just of have a hard time buying salads. Like, I just...
0: So, if you take that logic though of like the whole waste of energy, time efficiency type thing, would you would you get a, like a feeding tube if it just gave you the perfect macros? So
2: pa- uh, you're saying past the past I wish the
1: I wish I could get up every morning huh. and just eat, take a pill, put it in my mouth, and it like just one pill. And, what's and that gave me all the macros, everything I could magically get, and I never had to waste. John, time on what what
2: is it where they like you have? I'm, this might be a fake thing, but rem- tell me if it is. Where you plug in, and you pull blood out, and it gets spun up, and then kind of goes back in.
1: Yeah, there's. Um, do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah. They uh, they do a couple things, like they uh, oxygenate blood, but they also do that with um, ozone. Yeah. So they'll take like a pint of blood and what they'll do is they'll pump and infuse it with ozone and then inject it back in. Uh, there's also times when you can like take a blood, they'll put it on ice and then you can go back 30 days later and they'll put it, which is like blood doping. Yeah. And Then you have extra blood. But um, they can like over oxygenate blood. They can mix it with a bunch of different stuff and it's inject like, it and back feel in. Great.
2: Callie, to answer your question, I want a tube where I eat pizza and beer and cupcakes. Then it goes out and spins oh, nice. up and is like all the bad stuffs removed and spun out, and then they inject all sorts of good stuff, and it goes back into your stomach. So you get to enjoy—oh
0: my god—the
2: input oh. of tasty, salty, greasy foods. But then they just, you know, I like. re- reallocate the macronutrients and micronutrients, so that's healthy. So I—I've
1: become a little You don't uh, want that text. Uh, like no, like, what? like there's some research, and I remember Rob Wolf and I were talking about it, and like uh, he sent me a clip. Do you remember like Man vs. Food? Oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, uh, Adam. Rickman or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So he had one deal where he had to eat some like god awful amount of uh, ice cream. It was like a, you know, 12 pounds of ice cream. And the guy got through this like halfway through and he said to him, he's like, hey, uh, I can't eat anymore. Like my palate's maxed out. Do you guys have any French fries? My palate. (laughs) So they brought him out this huge plate of French fries. He put a bunch of salt on there. He like ate some French fries and went back and smashed it. And so there's some really interesting research that talks about like um, like uh, sweet versus savory, salty and this whole deal and that you can only consume so much uh, sugar at one point if like when you do, you have to throw some salt and some carbs in there to restart the body to get it done. And I remember Rob forwarded it to me and he's like, he's like check this out. Like anybody who doesn't believe oh, you can't overeat these things, or he doesn't believe calorie. This whole thing with palatability, he's like, dude, just watch this. And the guy was like, he was smashed. He couldn't eat anymore. All of a sudden, they bring him out a plate of fries, and he eats them, and then goes on and smashes the rest of this ice cream God, deal. And he's he like, must
0: feel so awful by the Well, he
1: He got sick uh, <laughs> when you know, they, they were filming it, and I know what happened. He went to the doctor, and they were like, uh, you have to stop this or you'll die.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so he... Is it he, really worth it? Well,
1: he got healthy or he, he started training, lost some weights or looking better and then was like, I can't do it. So what they ended up doing for the next season is they found like proxies, people to come in and he would coach them to do it and it mm. sucked. And then that was the end of the show. But like the dude almost <laughs> ate himself to death. It was awesome.
0: It's fucking disgusting.
1: <laughs> uh, I like it. It's, um, it's pretty fascinating when you look at like uh, a volume of food. And I think sometimes with like the vegan stuff... Why people end up losing weight is because of the uh, like the food is not as nutrient dense or calorically dense. I mean you sit down and like I mean, think about it i 'm sure you guys have done this like you take like a huge bag of kale and you throw it in a big pot, you put a little olive oil, maybe the, the lid on it, and just a taste of water, and all of a sudden it cooks down to like nothing and you 're like, "Oh my God, imagine if I had to eat that whole thing, but like now it 's cooked down you know so it's just and pretty
2: I, think, I also think on the vegan thing, but i 'm curious how many shift from, we'll call it like fast food life to vegan? Well,
1: nobody just makes a one-to-one change. Like this mm-hmm. is something whenever people are like, oh, I decided to get healthy. Well, you stopped eating fast food. You started sleeping more. You started working out. So what they find is that when people tend to make life changes, they tend to make a lot of life changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But the uh, the one which is most interesting to me <laughs> is, uh, is the carnivore diet. Um, it's r- like really fascinating that people have gotten to the point where like, they can't necessarily control it. Or like, hey, I, I can't really control it. And, and as we've said millions of times, protein is by far the most satiating of all macros. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really hard to overeat protein. I mean, we've seen, uh, like there's really extensive studies that you can find if you Google, where that talks about like, hey, we've had like, you know, here's your you know basic caloric intake for the day, we're gonna have you overeat by 500 calories with just protein. And then the people really don't gain any weight. So the body is, you know, protein's very thermogenic it's very satiating so what's pretty fascinating on that carnivore diet which is really just a standard elimination diet where all of a sudden now people are you know eating meat for you know every meal and uh, it's pretty interesting like most people are like I feel better and I'm like ah, why is it is it because they're eliminating is it because it's not as much food i mean it's a million different things but at the end of the day like if that's the level you have to go to be drastic mm-hmm. then I, you know, I'll support it, but extreme. Well, uh, you know, like, uh, to quote, um, Adam Nelson, you know, life lives out on the rails mm-hmm. and people love to push it out on the rails, but you know, it's like nobody ever makes one life change. Like, Hey, I decided to eat this way, but I'm gonna do everything the same. Now all of a sudden I'm not drinking. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm working out and they like just make wholesale life changes. And then they're like, Oh, it was the carnivore. And it's like, maybe it was a little bit of everything. Sure. But I also find when people get really on elimination-type stuff like that, usually their ability to taper back to normal life is kind of rocky and kind of difficult. So unless you just live on that for the rest of your life, which, I mean, I could eat probably Costco filet every meal for the rest of my life. Obviously. But I'd like to maybe have something else mixed in there, like a PB&J on occasion.
2: Mm, In your filet? Like a PB&J stuffed steak?
1: Like, uh, we, we went to Costco on Saturday and they had a deal on lamb chops.
2: Oh, the Costco lamb chops. I do like those So, we boys. cooked a lot
1: the, the Costco lamb chops. Which, what's were, your how do, you, how do you cook those? Um, what I'll do is I um put them in the oven and then whatever X amount of time, and I'll like a little thermometer when they're kind of like medium rare, I just throw them out and I uh, what do you like, like, um. Sear them on the pan for maybe like two or three minutes a side to yeah. get them kind of crispy, mm-hmm. so that the outside's crispy, but they're pretty pink on the inside, even raw. Rosemary? No, I just used a little bit of garlic salt on ours, uh-huh. and then I just made normal sea salt on Kate's, and it was awesome. Yeah, dude, those things unbelievable. The problem is, uh, they're only about two or three ounces of meat, maybe oh, two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. It, it's not
2: uh, right. like the you got to eat yeah, yeah. a lot. A so, lot.
1: but a lot. what's funny is watching the kids try to try to eat them and then just being like ah just rip it off with your teeth so I was watching them rip them last night getting a good laugh (laughs) out of it just like lamb all over them I'm like this is great
0: this is like a regular like Rachel Ray podcast right now
2: I'm jonesing for some land chops right now
1: Oh. Uh, I dude, uh, yeah. Um, Costco is by far like they—they uh, they have such a good meat department, and I think the reason is is because of the volume of people that go through there. The turnover is so high, mm-hmm. so they're always coming out with fresh stuff. I mean, it's pretty rare. Like I always kind of—and I know this is dorky—but I always try to find like the freshest meat that has like the you know like, hey, like this this date's closer than this one to go bad. So I always look for like you know what the you know farthest out date is. Obviously the the freshest, and even when you dig through it, it's usually all the same. Like mm-hmm. they just don't. They said the turnovers so high.
2: I prefer the bargain bin. The the questionably fresh.
0: Of course well, you do. You get of half off
2: burgers that are, they're a little gray, maybe a little green. Who cares? It's
0: oh, disgusting. What? Well,
2: this, you, familiar so term, you. you familiar with the term you familiar with the term milkmaid? Uh keep going.
3: No. It goes and checks all the dates on the milks in
1: the grocery store. Yeah, isn't that from clerks? Yes. Yeah. You're basically a meatmaid. <laughs> 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 uh, I go through and I definitely check just because I want the freshest meat. But I don't know if I'm going to go buy milk, if I'm going to actually pull them all out. That just feels like a little much. That's why it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you didn't even know that there were born like there are dates on the meat. Did you? The meat? No. I eat it yeah, too 100%. quickly.
2: Yeah. It's packaged it. on, right? The packaged on date?
1: Yeah. I, I, just, I, like, I would much rather have the stuff that's put out today than the stuff that was put out yesterday.
2: Yeah, but if it's half off. Costco doesn't. uh, I know. Have have, I'm thinking of like. I remember sprout. I remember Sprouts in Newport. I'd always go to that like red tag bin, (laughs) and just like. Snag the oldest, grungiest meat. I know. It says, like, on it, off. like,
0: if you don't cook this in 20 minutes, <laughs> seriously, it's, it's going to kill you type thing.
1: The best thing to do with that stuff is you just throw it in the crock pot or the crock pot with, like, a bunch of, like, the cock pot. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's what Luke calls it, the cock pot. That
2: was my nickname in college. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it gets hot and it's real steamy and yeah. wet. Uh, but you just crock pot that stuff. So mm-hmm. anything that looks like a little, like, ah, uh, throw it in the crock pot.
2: Mm-hmm. Eight hours
1: <laughs> will either soften it up, make it edible, or when you pop it open, you're you'll like, know. oh yeah, you'll oh, just know. I should have never cooked this.
0: <laughs> Mass like food poisoning for your whole family.
1: Uh you know, that only has to happen to you, at least only happened to me once, where I ate something that was old and I was like, man, I'll mm. never do that again. Maybe
2: I I think I that happened really actually recently for me, but it was leftovers. You know, like some leftover pork. And then it didn't bode well. Yeah. No, I I dude. I've I've had uh some N- pork
1: ribs that didn't sit well yeah
2: there's the legendary dusty story within our circle of friends where he had recalled almond butter oh my god the funniest story i've ever heard my
1: entire
3: life
2: it was like you know you go to or it had to be costco
3: it was costco So
2: like a gallon of almond butter and he was just like ate it for a year and then get another one and um so he's been eating this almond (laughs) butter for like 18 months and getting these emails from costco he's just deleting oh yeah long story short uh, th- during this time, he's having terrible, <laughs> <laughs> terrible GI issues, and oh, like, God. like crippling, and he's just smashing this almond butter. He thinks he's got <laughs> like a, a tapeworm. He's going to the doctor. Wait, and then, river, but- the big
3: thing is river water because he went. Hang out in the river, right? White water rafting or something. And yeah, he's and like, Man, I must, must have swallowed. Of-
2: of- <laughs> took in a mouthful <laughs> of river water. I must have a, like a parasite. parasite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then he finally opens the Costco email. They're calling like, him. Yeah. They're calling him at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, Recall Salmonella. <laughs> he's just been eating sal- Salmonella, almond butter for um, 18 months. Uh, so, moral <laughs> stories get the smallest thing of almond butter. I guess. Or open your recall messages. <laughs> it might be meaningful. If Costco calls you, pick up. <laughs> you know, what's great about Dusty
1: is the fact that, uh, like, this stuff happens to him, and he's still not dead. No way. <laughs> like, he's, he, he's too hard to kill. Hard to, he yeah. he's, he's the definition of durable.
2: <laughs> and I guess resilient. Resilient,
1: durable, and uh, too stupid to care.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we
3: do have some questions Go if on. we want to dive into these. Some oh, yeah.
1: training-related, some philosophical, directed towards John. Mm-hmm. What are we feeling first? Training?
4: Yeah. Mm. Mm.
1: Is, uh, are any of these from Skutnik? One. Uh, how did I know?
4: Because mm-hmm.
1: he's always online. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All the time.
3: Let's, let's, quick one, John. Training in RPR takeaway. Recently, we hosted the RPR clinic at Power Athlete HQ.
2: Reflexive performance reset. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of is it popularized by Cal Dietz or co founded, right? And who I can't remember, JL, the other, the JL other and then
1: do, uh, uh, is it Neil?
2: Can't remember. Yeah,
3: I'm not sure, but two day clinic in which we got a lot of hands on work working with different people throughout it and applying the tools. So I got a few notes here,
1: but John, any big takeaways from the clinic? Um, Yeah, I think it's pretty fascinating. Uh, I'd love to see it. I'd I'd love to check out the B-Activate stuff. um, As I kind of started digging into it a little bit more and uh, did a little deep dive and we were talking a little bit the other day about fascia and how it all works, I found a pretty interesting research where they looked at, they they used high-definition MRI machines to actually analyze the fascia of the body. And when they looked at how it all kind of interconnected, it was straight up the uh like the acupuncture points and like the um the meridians associated with acupuncture like it was pretty like like looking at it I'm like oh man I've seen this before the other cool thing was uh, I saw a picture where they stripped away the skin obviously it was a, a not a real person but a model and they actually showed how the fascia connected all of the muscles and I think we always think of you know their skin you know, obviously, and then there's muscles and we have ligaments and tendons. What we don't realize is that there's this fascia that, if you look at the body without skin and just the fascia, it looks like there's about six muscles in the body. Mm-hmm. So these whole things kind of connect in these slings and it's just really pretty fascinating. And uh, the RPR thing, which I took away, was the idea that, you know, the nervous system is tied to the fascia and the dysfunction within the nervous system can be released through uh, manipulating the fascia. And I Fac-
0: f- fascinating.
1: Well, <laughs> it's um, so. Years ago, they just thought fascia was this... The way it was explained to me, it's like a whole bunch of saran wrap laid on top of each other. And it was something that they just had to you know, cut through to get to the muscles and to try to fix things. And I think now they're realizing that uh, fascia is how our nervous system is able to really function. Um, and then I was telling you the other one I found where they looked at horses and they tried to figure out why horses were so intelligent with such small brains. And they found that they have uh, extremely thick, dense, very defined fascia through the whole body that connects and allows them to just have this extrasensory perception. So, so what does
0: fascia have to do with RPR?
1: So the, what I look at RPR and what it is, is it's, um, it's a reset for the nervous system. So it's directly influencing the nervous system. So uh, there really isn't too many forms of training or too many things out there that primarily deals with the body in terms of the nervous system. Everything is functional, right, yeah. or, or mechanical. Like, hey, I'm going to go lift weights. I want to squat for these reasons. And, you know, we're trying to fix dysfunction through this mechanical deal. And the analogy, at least the way I I started thinking about it is, you know, let's talk about cars. You bring in a car, you know, the the spindle's broken, Brake pads are worn, the tires are worn, engines knocking, all the other stuff. I think the electrical system and a lot of the stuff that you can't see, uh, you know, why the car might start or might not be working, fits within that electrical system, and that could be the wiring. That could be how how things are interrelated. That could be the computer, how it's, you know, being programmed and talked. So you kind of have to look at a car in two separate places in terms of, like, is this a mechanical issue or is this an electrical computer issue? Now, obviously, older cars, carbureted, don't have nearly as complex a deal, but like new cars today, everything from the transmission to, you know, road sensors and this, I mean, everything's wired within the car. And so I think for the human body, we look at a lot of uh, the training and what we do in terms of fixing dysfunction in like a mechanical uh, environment. And what I liked about the RPR, which is similar to what Dr. Bueller does, where they're looking at manipulating the nervous system to effectively create or remove dysfunction through the body. And uh, the RPR, I thought, was real fascinating. Um, What I don't understand and uh, what I kind of appreciated is that they didn't really dive into the weeds on like why this works or how it works. They just talked about, yes, it does work. This is how you do it. I thought we should have spent more time on practicing, um, like you know this and getting really deep into like how to execute the movements, which I thought we did, but I would have spent more time there. I would have loved to have got more into, like, the, the why. And um, the guy from B-Activate, and I'm sure Caldeetz and JL, if they, we had time, could really have got into this. But I, I think it has something to do with, the, with fascia within the nervous system. And uh, by doing some different manipulations and finding different fascia points, you're able to effectively clear up some dysfunction within the nervous system. And then once the nervous system's cleared and reset then it should allow the muscles and everything to mechanically fix itself and train in a better environment.
2: Hmm. So, Callie, are you, I guess if listeners don't know anything about RPR, when John's talking about manipulating the fascia, the guys at RPR, and who have kind of pioneered this, it's be active, right, John? Yeah, be active. Uh, This technique. Or
1: uh, be activate.
2: Be activate. There's these, there's three high-level zones right or is there three
1: well there there's three zones so three total zones yeah the, 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 on
2: your body that you would use your own use your own hand to like ultimately manipulate manipulate and get like a kind of undulating pattern and pressing into these certain points in a certain pattern with certain breathing techniques and ultimately in doing that, um, You're sending you're hacking a signal within the nervous system. Right. And Mm -hmm. ultimately resetting the shitty patterns that you've developed for whatever reason, whether it's like sitting all day or just um, not mindfully breathing or mindfully moving, Mm -hmm. you reset the nervous system so it no longer has to protect you from yourself yeah right?
1: it 's that- fixing um, um like compensation patterns is really mm-hmm. what they got into yeah, this this idea I mean. that as dysfunction happens like the world 's best athletes aren 't the world 's best athletes for any for for just no reason uh, and I remember Dr. Bueller years ago mm-hmm. told me that with all his work he found that the world 's best athletes are the ones that can compensate around injury the best, like everybody's going to get hurt, but how is it that one injury takes one person out and the same injury doesn't and he 's like you know almost like the um athletic intelligence and the body's intelligence to create compensation patterns around injuries allows athletes to continue to form at a high level even when they've been injured and things aren't firing. So Bueller's work really tries to uh, isolate muscles and then find why that muscle's dysfunction and then clear the system so the muscle fires again. Whereas the RPR, I think, works in a similar stadium, let's say, but in a different section of the idea that... uh, Dysfunction and compensation patterns are created because of nervous system dis- deficiency. So by going through and, uh, and uh, they were able to put together kind of this set model and it's kind of a, an expanding out, you know, like obviously the, the center for level one and then level two would be bigger and then level three would go out to the extremities. By using, by performing these manipulations in pattern, you effectively reset the nervous system and uh allow people to do things and get muscles to fire. So it's uh it's it's pretty fascinating in that they set it up as a way that you can do it. Uh, I think I get it done in seven minutes when I go through and you're able to kind of do this. I try to do it first thing in the morning before I train and then I try to do it before bed just to test it out. And um it's pretty interesting. I, I started doing all like like doing it on my kids and then like doing some muscle testing on them and seeing if it works. The sad part they fire on everything, yeah, <laughs> so so i'll like go over and I get them like just them belly breathing like 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 into the nose, and then uh, jail made a an incredible like yeah i don 't know if you guys heard it, but it was just a really interesting off kind of off the cuff comment where they talked about breathing, where taking a big breath in, filling the belly, and then whew, blowing the air past your teeth in kind of a loud a loud way, what happens is is the what do you say the crystalline within the teeth the air that gets pushed out actually acts like a tuning fork and produces a vibration that effectively um, um, tunes the nervous system and makes it ready for the work that they're going to be able to do. And I heard that, I wrote it down, and I was like, that feels and sounds like something I would believe, but i got to (laughs) check that out a little. Uh, So... I, yeah, I'm um, going to
0: need some data on that yeah, one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but, but when I, I, I did and I started with teeth, you know, what are teeth and like the crystalline, like it makes sense within the teeth. And then I actually talked to um, one, of, uh, one of the ladies that trains at Harry Shaw's gym, uh, does acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And I asked her a little bit about the breathing stuff. And she made an interesting point that uh, uh, there is a bunch of stuff within the Chinese acupuncture that talks about the idea of pushing wind past the teeth as a, as a tuning fork. Mm -hmm. And so she had heard that and she's like, you know, it's pretty interesting. That's why when I ask people to breathe, I always ask them to really blow past. And I was like, Oh, so, um, uh, but at the end of the day, like these aren't things that are hard outside the normal ask. If I just got to push the breath out and do some belly breathing. But I noticed for my kids, man, five belly breaths, everything's fine for them. Mm
0: -hmm. So you're saying Luke is kind of like ahead of the curve when it comes to his mouth breathing.
2: Well, that's huffing. He's tuning toughing. his
0: central ner- his nervous system.
2: Blowing my mouth out. Yep. <laughs>
1: well, i you dialed in. Yeah, but um, can you breathe through your nose? hmm Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I thought Old, the, um, of my noses. Uh, so uh, obviously I know JL and I know Cal Dietz and um, I've talked to them for years about this RPR deal. And I was going to go to one of their RPR uh, seminars, but I wanted Kate, I wanted my wife to go because I one, i knew she would dig it. And two, I, I was like, man, this is something we could use on the kids. So I knew if uh, if I had to travel for it, she wouldn't be able to travel without bringing the whole circus. So mm-hmm. uh, we had him here at Power Athlete, and she was able to come, which I thought was perfect. So kind of sounds
0: like acupressure, which has existed for a really long time. Like, isn't that the whole concept of acupressure? Mm-hmm. Pressure, like resetting your CNS through, like, different trigger points?
1: Yeah, I, I think... Um, yeah, I think that there's some interesting stuff with, like, myofascial release. Uh, I've, you know, we've got into it, I'm sure, numerous times where they talk talking about, like, remodeling tissue. You know, what is it, 10,000 pounds per square inch to remodel tissue 1%. So the idea of remodeling tissue uh, is kind of hokey, but I think what happens, at least within the RPR environment, they find that if they can release the nervous system and you know, use the manipulation that all of a sudden the tissue completely relaxes and the tissue quality changes. So years ago, so years ago, Kelly Starrett coined this thing called, uh, uh, PPT and he called it piss poor tissue. And I asked him and he was like, oh, that person's like packed with PPT. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, it's when you feel somebody's tissue and it's extremely tight, grainy, and it just feels like, so like dysfunctional and, uh, was cathartic the word?
0: Not okay. supple,
1: yeah, like not supple, and now, <laughs> and that was where that whole supple leopard thing came from was you like you got to be supple like a cat like a, like a leopard was kind of his deal, and that was that supple leopard kind of the the roots of it, so uh, that piece of like you know, and I, I see it all the time in the capsule on my right shoulder and the back and the posterior capsule, like the tissue is really thick and it 's completely different than, than the tissue anywhere else, and mm-hmm. so what happens is is dysfunction and injury, whether it become from. Uh, you know, interleukins or cytokines or, you know, pain or whatever it looks like gets absorbed in the tissue and it becomes, you know, like just dysfunctional. And they found that with uh, with the RPR that all of a sudden the tissue quality would just instantly change. So there's just some really fascinating claims that they've made. And I think uh, like with anything, like it's never, um, I don't know if, if they've done you know, like double-blind university-level studies on it, but hey, if it's something that I can implement within my training, it takes five to seven minutes first thing in the morning before bed. No special equipment. Yeah.
2: No subscription. No nothing. Right. You just do it.
1: So uh, you can't afford not to. I'm gonna make. Uh, I was gonna. I'm gonna make out of wood. I want to make some like little, like almost like the nub deals. Yeah. Like, have. but uh, I have a different idea. Almost like the back of a wooden spoon. Mm-hmm. So like a little bit more like kind of dish. So you can put your thumb on it and then use it. So I, I kind of drew up like a little diagram of what you, I want to make. Why don't you
0: make. just use the back of a wooden spoon?
2: Uh, because it's Kelly. too thick. it's, too it's a jump to conclusions, Matt.
1: Well, it's uh, a, <laughs> I could take a wooden spoon, but then I'd have to sand it down to make it uh, much thinner so that I could get more like uh proprioceptive kind of like feedback off of it. Okay. So.
0: Sorry.
1: <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it's an honest question.
0: Ah dell 's advocate, you
1: know yeah uh, but uh, yeah the the, uh, the fascia thing's really fascinating to me, uh, just because I remember years ago uh, when I had my ACL fixed in college, um, I was getting like a ton of like uh, of knee pain, and part of the problem was uh, my on my right leg, I think it was from my hip or somewhere, uh, I was all of a sudden like real pigeon toed on my right foot, like everything was kind of pulling in and tracking in. And uh, I remember our trainer at the time was like, you know, your IT band is really tight. So we are going to have to do some like manual therapy. So he had uh, these two pretty decent sized wooden balls and he had me lay on my side with a pillow between my legs and he would take the wooden balls, like a wooden ball in his hand and he would smash it as hard as he could into my IT band. And um, I'd feel like I'd throw up and he'd probably go and do it like maybe 30 times. And it was excruciating. I would get up and instantly my foot would go straight and I wouldn't have any knee pain. Hmm. and uh you know so he was doing some myofascial release to try to get me into the position now thinking about it like I know why it works uh I think what happens is is that the nervous system and everything gets really bound down and it becomes real protective and that was a way to release it but um anybody that's ever had any myofascial release knows how painful it is Mm
0: -hmm. hurts so good
1: no it doesn't it just fucking hurts
0: (laughs) just like a massage just like a gentle
1: no hot uh,
0: rock massage
1: I think pain's super interesting uh and then this is one that's kind of been, you know, uh, like, um, you guys have always heard me joke or maybe you haven't, but I always, uh, talk about like, like when playing in the NFL, I made a deal with pain. Like it was just like an old friend coming to visit, like, come in old friend, sit down, have a drink then get the fuck out. Like you just kind of make a deal. And I was never trying to like lock the door, or pretend or hide from it. I knew it was part of the deal. They were going to come visit and then they were going to go away. And I think you make a deal and then after a while when you retire and you don't have that pain, all of a sudden to have like a similar pain come and visit you, which is what I've been dealing with in my shoulder. It's like, fuck, how the fuck did I deal with this? Mm-hmm. Like as long as I did and then like, you know, but I, I just think with playing football, uh, you're so beat up and the pain is so constant for so many years. So you just feel fucked up all the time if like you've been in a car accident that like you just never really feel good. And you just kind of like status quo. And then all of a sudden you retire and it's like, you know, been a decade of trained and done all this stuff to try to like heal. And all of a sudden, like that, that old familiar pain comes back and I'm like, God damn, I can't believe I used to deal with this the way I did. I remember
0: it. Yeah. You know, like weird segues. I just uh, saw my first MMA fights and um, I, I was actually lucky enough to get tickets in the front row. So you could, I thought it was so fascinating um, to see some of these guys who were mounted and were taking like put like like probably total of like 40 punches to the face who were still able to think through listen to their coaches and try to manipulate the guy on top to get it you know t- to try to like do a reversal or whatever and it was just it's incredible it's incredible to me because not only is it painful but it's got to be like so disorienting in that moment and then to be able to still be able to like draw back on a skill set and to like use somewhat fine motor skills to try to manipulate certain body parts is just it's fucking unbelievable and to watch their like to watch their chests breathing and you know the guy on top's exhausted or whatever it was just a uh, it was it was truly like eye opening cuz watching it on TV is one thing but like seeing the dude sort of with like try to um concentrate on what he was doing through the pain was incredible.
1: Well also too if they get into that mount position a lot of times it's a little bit later like as the guys aren't real fresh so i always wonder when the guys are kind of tired like uh, as they're on top they can't get a ton of leverage cuz they're so close they usually keep mm-hmm. them close so when they're trying to hit them like i wonder like how hard the hits are uh, unless... Yeah i know they're
0: not they're not super hard and i and i get that but it's still it oh, still yeah. has to be no, it's, so just
1: I mean laying on your back getting your ass beat it's
0: not it's not good it's not good and i you just oh god, you just feel so bad for the dudes who lose, especially who who really like fight their heart out and stuff but it's it was incredible incredible
1: the uh speaking of fights um i didn't get a chance to watch the tyson fury wilder fight live, but i got i watched it yesterday i got I think i got a free link, so I got sent that and uh oh like the electricity of like a heavyweight fight and seeing those guys come out and like their pre fight stuff it's just mm-hmm. fucking Goosebumps for me. I love seeing that.
0: Like gladiators. Oh yeah.
1: And uh seeing how awkward dude, you gotta watch it. Tyson Fury is so awkward. Mm -hmm. Like he's six nine, like he's kinda twitchy, like he has ticks. Like it's just such a a weird, like just a very weird fighting style that he has, man. And he's just so long. I mean, I think he's got like a eighty seven inch reach, you know. So at six nine, so it's great to watch. The
0: other thing I learned too is like you really can't judge someone you can only judge someone on how they look so much. And so we were trying to like do like you know some friendly bets beforehand, just based on their walkout music, their demeanor, their uh, body comp, that kind of stuff. I mean, you really can't. There was a guy who looked like he would be like your fucking redneck neighbor. He had he was like he looked like he was totally out of shape, and um, he came out to some really goofy goofy music, like probably. Uh fucking his buddy's a rapper in Naperville and he used just like demo CD to walk out to.
2: Napalm, and- God damn it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he and he just like he's goofy and he just kind of comes in, he's got this dumbass smile on his face. And his opponent was like this super jacked black dude who had a couple inches on him and um was covered in all these tats. And that goofy motherfucker just destroyed him. And yeah. it was, it was incredible. It's incredible to just You're like, see. didn't
1: see that one coming.
0: Didn't see that one coming. He looked like someone you would like fucking borrow like a lawnmower from. And like, like
1: he's blow. a guy that looked like he won a contest outside. Like, Hey, we got a fight. You you want to yeah. jump in? Yip, 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 yes. boys. Have you guys
0: ever seen street beefs? You guys got, Oh dude. As soon as this podcast. Bum over, fight.
1: yeah, bum dude, fights. Yeah. Bum
0: fights. Yeah. Kind of. It's kind of like that, but this is organized, like redneck neighborhood. It's called street beefs. So look it up on YouTube. People are really s-
1: upset about bum fights.
0: Str- well, because <laughs> they I were mean, paying
1: them, they were like, "I'll give you a bottle of wine if you beat each other right, up." Right,
0: exactly. Like these are people with like <laughs> addictions. They're like, "Fuck yeah, I would have done it anyway." um but yeah the, look up street beefs and it's just like rednecks fighting in their socks in like a like and a, cut off like jean a, shorts like a dirt like circle yeah it's awesome but the whole neighborhood's around it's like toothless people and they all have they all have like their their names like their special fight names and shit and it's just it gets brutal but it's it's good street beefs they just take like
1: a sharpie and just write it on their like across their stomach yeah like exactly. in like a, a semicircle
0: yeah yeah it's pretty good stuff so anyway sorry to no? derail
1: all right. So, what what about the next question? What do we go?
2: While you're organizing that, did you say borrow a lawnmower? You know, I haven't had yes. any. I haven't had any email requests for lawnmower <laughs> uh, requests from Carrie
1: Hindleman. Uh, uh, Luke, uh, Luke asked to borrow some wood from my wood pile. Yeah, borrowed it. And I thought it was hilarious. He's like, hey, can I borrow some wood for your wood pile? I'm like, for what? And he's fire. like, the, the fire pit. <laughs> And I'm like, are you gonna return it?
0: Yeah. Can he, bring uh, you a, he you brings you like a shoebox full of ashes? <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna hey, can I snake some wood out of your wood pile? Yeah, sure. But he's like, Can I borrow some wood? I'm like, mm-hmm. Borrowing implies borrow implies yeah, no. <gasps> no, it was intentional.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I borrow some toilet paper? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't spare. You can't what is it? Can't, can't spare a square. square.
0: Uh-huh. No. I just can't. <laughs> Sorry,
2: text. real question now. Sticking with training? Yeah, sure. sure Fucking
1: bring it. This is number 350. <clears throat> From
3: our boy Sadowski. We had Chris Duffin on the podcast, and he was talking about using bar speed as a metric for determining if he should back off or go heavier. Chris Morris also spoke on this at the symposium, but used different methods of determining an athlete's preparedness for that day. In your training opinion, do they share common ground, although they are looking at it through different lenses?
0: First, oh. what was Chris Morris's method? Was he using like was he using grip strength or what? Was no, he, using
1: he was using um, the performance readiness surveys. So, and then also omega oh, waves. Yeah. So they were they were giving him surveys and then doing the omega wave. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I, th- I think what's pretty interesting on the omega wave, um, at least from what I know with RPR and Cal Dietz, is they'll bring people in on the omega wave and their numbers will be way off. They'll do some RPR, they'll do some breathing, uh, and I know Cal even had some supplements that he would give guys, and instantly they're Omega wave score would like, you know, double. They would go up and be ready to train. So I sometimes wonder, um, like if something could be manipulated that quickly, uh, you know, how valid is it? The one thing that's very difficult to manipulate is bar speed. Either you're able to move it fast, but you also have to have enough training history. Like I just can't throw uh, you know, a a, a unit on the bar and have you do a rep day one and be like, oh, well, you know, you weren't able to move that 70% at 0.8 meters per second. What if you can never move a bar at 0.8 meters per second? You know, and it's, uh, it's a really kind of interesting thing where I think for Chris Duffin, who has, you know, a, a huge volume of work and he knows pretty accurately uh, how fast he should be able to squat his heavy singles. I think he would say like between like 0.3 and 0.1 meters per second was where he shoots. Um, for him, that's that's very real. So, but I think he's basing that over uh, a lot of research and a lot of him knowing himself. Um, but yes, I think uh, using something like the Omega Wave uh, can be extremely beneficial. But just like anything, you got to have a baseline on the Omega Wave, and um, you know whatever you're going to do, I think you kind of go into that camp and you said, all right, hey, if we're going to test and use the Omega Wave, let's do it, and if you're going to use bar speed but um i think the bar speeds only valuable if you're using barbell lifts what if you're going to go out and sprint and run some of the other stuff so mm-hmm. i mean but we can also go out and do sprints and know that you know hey this is my fastest sprint i got to run within 92.5% and i'm not able to even hit those there might be time to say hey maybe it's time to do some tempo runs
2: but either way it's just an instrument to apply a fluid periodization model in the in the context of how chris morris would define it right yeah, yeah. Which is but you guys
0: also uh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Luke, and then I'll just real time
2: adjustments to to a training plan, to that are more appropriate for the organism, right?
0: You guys also touched on during the Chris Steffen episode how, um, you know, it does matter that he's of an elite level that the bar speed. It it really is it is uh, an indication of his efficiency that day or, um, you know, how much the, had the load that he should really be lifting that day. But it, I mean, you guys talked about the context of maybe a newer athlete. It's not going to, it's not going to be appropriate to use that type of metric, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so for the novice specifically.
1: Yeah, I, well, I mean, uh, the, the other one too, with bar speed is, um, I think with a novice athlete, uh, you're going to see. Uh, different bar speed on every single rep. You know, like, it's just... Mm-hmm. With, w- within the inter and intramuscular coordination and the efficiency of the CNS and all that. I mean, part of the reason that a linear progression and some of the methodology that we use with amateurs be- works the way it does is because we're banking on an adapted nervous system. I think when you're looking at really consistent bar speed and, hey, I got this uh, kind of, uh, I'm not going to say like an RPR chart, but I know that like my one to twos are usually this fast, my three to fours, five to sixes, and you end up kind of creating like, um, uh, honestly, the... Analogy, I kind of think about it like is hey, if like creating a range chart where hey, if I'm going to go out and shoot, I know that, uh, you know, my 18 inch barrel 300 mid wind mag with a, you know, one to 10 twist and 175 grain bullet is going to shoot X. And I know, like, hey, if I center at 100, I know it's going to be X amount of clicks to two, and I end up creating this range chart. So I know if I laser and say, hey, that shot's out to 600 yards, I need this many clicks based off of the ammo, and, and you know, I know I can hit that. I think it's the same exact thing with the uh, bar speed, where, hey, I know that, you know, this is my one RM, I know within 95 90%, what, how fast I should be able to move the bar, and all of a sudden, if I'm in my warm-ups, and I'm not hitting those numbers then you have to make adjustments. But the only way you would know that is if you had the volume of training on the backside. Mm -hmm. So.
0: I would just hate for someone to take away from that, like um, that they're gonna, that they don't, they should not be accumulating like 20, 25 heavy reps in a back squat because uh, they're not moving the bar fast that day. You know, there's a, there's a time where you need to, you need to make sure you're getting that volume um, for different purposes.
2: Yeah, proficiency. Yeah, just getting the pattern down.
1: Well, and, um, you know, I, I know with, um, when we originally looked at like some of the velocity-based training stuff, they were like, oh, you know, training stimulus is, you know, within a certain rate, aren't going to kind of can drive, you know, strength speed and speed strength and all the other stuff. And I'm like, yo, man, if you're lifting like over 90% and you're moving it faster than 0.3 meters per second, that's not really 90%. Like if you're moving your 90% at 0.8 meters per second, like, mm-hmm. that's not 90%. And if you're squ- like, and that's a legitimate 90 based off of your 100, then we have bigger problems. Right. So I mean, we saw a cascading scale. I know when we did it, like, hey, all of a sudden as I'm a near max, like, uh, you know, I'm still moving with compensatory acceleration, but the bar isn't going to move as fast, even though I'm using the same amount of or max intensity into it, you know, with great intent. So. um I think all of this stuff is top of the level. This is top of the food chain. This is top of the pyramid, tip of the spear. And I think for most of the people, especially the people that uh, Sadowski's working with, uh, you know, with younger, kind of more intermediate amateur athletes, like that's like the bottom, that's the hilt, where I think just consistency and moving, you know, great intent and everything you do is kind of a bigger player into that. And also, how are you feeling today?
4: Mm
2: -hmm. And like even just starting to value training. Mm-hmm. There's a piece there is like, oh, I got to go to the weight room. It doesn't matter how slow the reps are. If that mindset can shift to I get to go train,
0: you know, yeah, the ritual well,
3: that that's the baseline of the competency model. Right. So in, unconscious incompetence, you have no value for intent for whatever it is you're doing. So as soon as they switch into it, then we're on the path towards regulating based on speed. Next question. We got some youth training, 12 years old. <clears throat> This is from Lulu Kebab. My sister-in-law wants me to train her daughter who is 12 years old. This is a long question, so I'm trying to summarize it. What are abs? My question is only, (laughs) I only have her one day a week. Should I just have her squat, press, and deadlift with kettlebells? And one dumbbells, day a week. Or use a barbell and have her what? do three by fives. Traditional like Mayan calendar week? Or she plays competitive <laughs> soccer and volleyball. So I wouldn't think she needs to do any conditioning while working with me. Uh, oh, one
0: day a week.
1: I probably <sighs>
3: like,
0: Smash her. Smash.
1: Um, you know, Smasher. maybe I I don't know. I mean, it, I I think it really depends on uh, the individual like is she phys- is she a little more physically developed or is she uh, like a Brand. little on the younger side if she's still kind of in that you know like um, and I'm I know Kelly's gonna love when I say this but that like pre-puberty uh, situation I probably just have her swing some kettlebells and do some change of direction and uh, a little bit of stuff and then I think maybe some jumps and how about you know, some pull-ups probably some pull-ups start working on that but I think pull-ups, if she- kettlebell
2: swings and then like tumbling and sprints.
1: Yeah, I think you should pretty good. A little change of direction. I think that could be cool. Yeah, some was just shuttle runs. I Say
0: power. Just anything to develop power and then agility. Med um, balls. Med balls. Yeah.
1: So a bunch of the med ball circuits we do. Just,
0: there's not enough plyos and the stuff that she's probably doing, and she doesn't need to do a ton of load bearing stuff. But if she worked on plyos, foot position, um, some Posterior stuff. Posterior chain. Yeah.
1: I think uh, if somebody asked me what's the one deficiency I see in majority of the programs is uh, there's very form, like there's little you know jumping. Uh, any of the jumping that we see is like a ton of volume, kind of like high reps box jumps, but like, you know, I was watching today, you did, uh, you know, shin hops, you were doing uh, dumbbell box jumps. I mean, all of that, you know, med balls throws. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me is really the foundational training, uh, when you're younger. And then yeah. all of a sudden, as you start to get a little bit older, all of a sudden now it becomes like assistance and kind of some prep stuff for the bigger barbells. But for yeah. the majority of, of younger athletes, I think that should make up the bulk of their training that in body weight movements.
0: What do you think, Tex?
1: Teach her to land. So An airplane?
3: Her <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's going to fly what like an airplane. An helicopter? No, but it, she's going to volleyball practice. She's basketball, I think her other sport was. But either way, she's landing 150 times during that practice. Yeah, so focusing only on the jump, I would just take it a step back. If we're going to do anything, because we only have a day, teach her to land. So dead mm-hmm. bugs, Spider-Mans, and just work on that some depth drops well even, but yes into just formal lunges so we can get the action of teaching her the lower leg action mm-hmm. of landing we can use the lunge to do that and it's just one step at a time and work through
2: and then integrate those into even any of the med ball stuff uh-huh. any of the jump stuff any of the stuff any anything coming off a pull-up bar integrate the mm-hmm. landing you know uh well, it's a good point and then that becomes the the common skill that you could just that she then can use as homework because she's always going to be landing, yep. on her jumps.
0: I'm glad I thought of it.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, me too. Training question: We have a, We have life of our first intern because I know he's been dodging you, Luke, on his responsibility for the upcoming Block One proof. presentation. Oh, Luke K, we have life proof of
1: life.
0: The previous <clears throat> intern.
1: The, previ- the
3: uh, intern before the
2: previous intern. We
0: call yeah. him
1: uh, a patient zero. Mm-hmm.
0: Patients. He, Poor guy.
1: The
3: fact he's asking this question just means that boils not my blood speaking? a little bit. That he's not okay. speaking. Okay, grind your gears. It's a two-parter. Two-part. Uh-huh. First one. First part. How tight should I wear my, my, my jeans? First word. He knows that pretty well. So. Uh, that do, I know do, well? do. Do that do Do weighted. weighted resisted runs have a place in sprint training? I still see a lot of people using heavy sled pushes or drags, saying it trains acceleration. But is that true?
1: Um, I was if picturing you were something to, different. If you were going to go, if you went to uh, that seminar that we went to for Dave Tate where, um, uh, what's his name, um, DeFranco, Joe DeFranco got up and talked about uh, that they were using heavy-ass Sleds. Sleds. To push for short, like, 5 to 10 yards or 5 to 10 feet or whatever it was to short activation. And then taking them in and kind of doing, like, a PAP, like, you know, post-activation potentiation, like using something heavy, and then forcing them to sprint as fast as they can. They they actually ran faster than they did before they could do it. And I remember he's like, I'm not a great sprint coach. Um, I don't know shit about it. I don't know why this is working. We just found when we were pushing heavy sleds before we sprinted, the guys ran faster. Um... That was kind of hard to stomach a little bit because I think just getting up there and being like, I'm not an expert here. It's just some observational thing that I found with uh, NFL players. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure, like I like my joke is, they could have played the snare drum for 20 minutes and probably gone out right. there and ran faster. So um, I don't know if I would look and say, all right, uh, pushing a heavy sled is effectively sprint training. And that's where
3: I would go in because pushing a sled is not sprint training because yeah. sprint is a it, it's a combination your whole body is so in tune with it so if the arms are out then it's not sprint yeah. training but we can you're developing um anterior chain with uh-huh, a big push and driving and the proper posture and position of the lower leg to drive into the ground so we can w- use those as tools to teach patterning but without that second step of them actually sprinting, this is not speed training. So yeah. they are certain I, tools I or pieces like, of
1: the sprint. I look at it as like a combination of like conditioning and strength training. Like, and, and I, I think there's value in them. And I like. Uh, um, I actually got a, some hate mail the other day from a guy on grindstone who called me a motherfucker for not programming more sled pushes into grindstone. And my thing was, if you got a sled push, that motherfucker. Um, the problem we ran into was that. Few people had sleds, so I got tired of just answering like, hey, what's a sled or what's a sub if I don't have a sled? I just started putting it in, and I should probably throw a cabbie on there. Like, hey, if you have a sled, make sure you go push it if you have access to it. So, Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Train Heroic now has this really neat feature where you can swap out a movement. So you can go off the script, or you can even add a movement. You can add a movement to a training session like calf raises. Or bicep curls, or adding sled rest, pushes, adding rest to your circuit. I add I add rests to every <laughs> training block. Two minutes rest, <laughs> in between every rep, even on your rest days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I outrest the best of them. <laughs> um, so for those listening, no. take advantage of that. But it, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... It, but you know, it's like I feel like some people don't know. And the sled's a good one because you can't really you can't really harpoon your training on grindstone by doing like well, getting after the sled. So, you know?
1: so what, uh, what's interesting about the sled is there's no eccentric load. So right. it's, it's all concentric. So we found that, you know, there's not a ton of like, you know, stress and a huge recovery component post doing it. And it's fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think
0: that, but in the sled too, there's a very fine line between doing too oh. much. Like when you talk about using a sled, it's, that's such a broad statement because i mean how how, what's the distance we're using it for how heavy are you loading it what does the body need to look like what kind of turnover do you need to see in your your foot strikes right because there is going to be an optimal range there but if you just tell someone yeah a sled can work up into a point um Without context, they're not going to know what that point
2: sure. is. Well, I feel like, well, well, but I feel like it's salting food. Like you know when you've used too much salt. Yeah. <laughs> like you'll know when you've done too much sled work. Do you, Luke? Um, <laughs> unless you're
1: used to oversalting your food, and then everything just pace plan. <laughs> uh, the the other parts of that, or there's actually two more parts of that. Weighted runs. Uh, don't ever fucking put ankle weights. Yeah. Or that's how I wrist interpreted. Weights. I
2: interpreted like, like dumbbells with ankle weights. No, in don't running.
1: Don't do <laughs> that. that. And, d- d- well, it'll look like a, no. like in
2: Happy Gilmore more the the uh
1: the the problem is is that strength is not the limiting factor in sprinting uh even though strength is a factor in sprinting it's not usually the limiting factor it comes down to this ability to coordinate you know all four limbs uh position posture breath you know you know all of these things and the problem is is if you throw uh weights at the extremities all of a sudden it changes the way that the body moves and is actually detrimental to sprinting um Mm -hmm. Banded resisted runs, uh, I love them. Um, we stopped doing them at the CrossFit football seminar because the people that were coming to the seminar were not ready to sprint. Even though we asked people, hey, how many of you guys sprint regularly? Everybody would raise their hand, and then we would see people get fucking rolled up because the problem is is that the, uh, the amount of force that you have to drive into the ground in the chest position to effectively move the band and the individual is fucking... It's a lot. It's a lot. And most people don't have that level of intensity in the program. And then the problem is, is the market that we were teaching uh, confused the term intensity with emotional intensity of how hard I'm working opposed from how hard the work really is. Like how, how much effort I'm putting forth within this emotional versus like, hey, I'm running as hard as I can. Yeah, but you're still slow as fuck. Mm -hmm. You know, so there was this really kind of interesting kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of bait and switch where intensity became emotional and not necessarily a measure of your output. And the banded resistance runs, those can be used as a tool as well. And an athlete
3: will earn that if we progress them. But it falls in line with how we teach speed. We start posture, then get into position, arms and limbs, and then patterning. Arms separate, we do that with arm swings. Patterning, we can do that with our wall drill. DeFranco shat on the wall drill. I shit on his shit for the wall <laughs> drill. Did he? Did he? Why did he That's shit on the wall drill? I don't want to get into that, but um, patterning. So we're going to pattern the lower legs. Sled can be used for that pattern as well, but then we need to sprint. We can p- apply the band and do banded-resisted skips. So focusing on that down, driving to the ground, one of the limitations we saw with the f- old-school football seminar, which we also... Some athletes we downgraded oh, to
1: banded resistant skips if they had something going on and couldn't quite get the Dude, my, expectation. My favorite on the banded resistant skips is watching people start same arm, same leg. And then like doing like the, the Super Mario <laughs> Zoidberg. Oh, oh we, we saw a lot. I fucking I like like that shit warms my heart when I see it. I'm like, oh, you got pick glass and kickball. But they're great at fitness
3: um but just follow the paradigm posture position pattern and then most importantly we got to finish with a sprint and set your athletes free for them to figure it all out because every single person has a different stride length and frequency specific to them it's like a golf swing there theoretically is a perfect swing but then each one of us is going to have different but you need reps to figure it out
2: what's part two of the intern's question the former former intern
3: favorite girl
1: scout cookie samoa thin
3: mints
0: Which one is that is that the one with the coconut
1: yeah thin mints what what is this
0: i think thin mint from Ugh. straight from the freezer
1: oh uh, yep yeah, Froze frozen sleeve in there yeah frozen thin mints all day
2: whatever racist <laughs> <laughs> you guys are nazis did that escalate quick enough? Uh-huh. Next uh, yeah. uh, So now anybody
1: doesn't agree with you is a Nazi. That's no. right. That's yeah. That's right. <laughs> Nazi. Sounds <laughs> Nazi. like sounds like Seattle.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is the uh that's the temperature.
2: Of our let me, hang on, hang, you, hang you on. You
1: won't let me live in the car for for a year and then shit in the
2: what are in the, shit in the fire? <laughs> no, uh, uh,
1: my
2: <laughs> uh, shit in the storm drain. <laughs> You're on. a Nazi. What are the other Girl Scout options though? There's what's the peanut butter one? I might want to vote that now. I thought I only know Thin Mints. No Samoa
3: is coconut and caramel. So what's the peanut butter one? I don't know. Mimosa.
0: Tagalong.
2: Tagalong? Mm, maybe.
0: I'm just naming cookies now. You know, what's funny is that I was thinking about that whole shit in the Friar story where when John told that, like, I can remember where we were. He was crying so hard. I can't tell the
1: story without laughing hysterically. And the
0: only other time I I heard him laugh quite that hard was recently on one of the episodes. And I I was I think I was on a plane and I I just started laughing super hard because he was laughing hard. And it was because one of the inquiries or one of the Instagram things was calling him out for using the power Rangers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like names for the progression in, uh, uh Johnny know, bod, Johnny bod. Okay. Yeah. And I was just, and you were dying, John. It just made me so Whoa. happy. I immediately thought about shit in the fryer.
1: <laughs> well, the, uh, the funny part is, is I, I think that people don't notice this stuff. So all of a sudden I just started naming Johnny bod workouts. Like, like whatever show my son was watching on Saturday morning is like I'll be like, hey, what's uh, what are those villains' names? And he'll say them, <laughs> and like that's the funniest part because uh, he doesn't really pronounce his uh, his K's and his R's very well, so it's it's pretty hysterical. So I'll listen and then I'll have to go Google the names. But um, yeah, we were watching Power Rangers Ninja Steel. Now we're like in these Dino Power Rangers, <laughs> like. Like it we could were watching, have
0: been any show. It could have been any oh, show. Uh,
1: it, it it changes because like we were watching there was Spider Man, we were watching um like all of these shows. Like he just so my son's pretty sharp because my daughters won't get up early, but he'll get up at like six AM and be like, Can I watch TV? Because he knows as soon as uh, the sissies get down there, they're just gonna like steal the remote from him and make him watch mm-hmm. whatever. So we let them like, hey, if you get up before us Saturday morning, you can go watch cartoons or whatever the hell you want. And uh, so he gets up and he just was, he's been crushing this Power Rangers. So I just started naming these Man names. Time. And I didn't think anybody ever notices. And uh, all of a sudden people are like, uh, Are you naming these workouts after Power Rangers? I'm like, Just R- the villains. It was RK Barker who caught it. So my question is RK. He, he's watching you Power know? Rangers. Yeah. yeah. He's over there like he's Cash's buddy. He's like, Oh, yeah, me and RK, we're buddies. We watch okay. Power Rangers. So there's some new Girl Scout cookies.
3: There's a lot on here that I've never heard of. And I question their taste. So we have our Samoa's Thin Mints Tagalongs or the peanut butter. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, look at uh, the hens. Remember Tagalongs. But there's also uh, I, not, I know this one, but Docey docido. It's peanut butter sandwiches. Mm. Oh, like the inside. Yeah. Are they chocolate on the outside? No, just smashed. And then there's the shortbreads. I don't know how they still make those. Who likes this those? Plain. What's the shortbread? Thanks. Uh, just it's plain. a classy,
0: plain cookie.
2: Like for grandparents?
1: Yeah. To yeah. put it in tea or something? Um, no, shortbreads are usually like an English cookie, but they, yeah, they usually make them around Christmas. My mom so, would make oh, shortbread cookies.
2: The cookie cookies. Of
1: the losers. Yeah. Oh, the, it sucks.
3: Did you ever get those tin cans of cookies they yeah, were all Yeah, around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are great shortbreads. shortbreads. Yeah, I love those. Uh, I hate them. Then there's <laughs> Girl Scouts got Nazi. two Two lemons. Lemon ups and lemonades. No, those Ew. are lemon down. Get out, lemon cookies. Yeah, get then out with your
0: sour fruit.
3: We have a what's called a thanks a lot. I think it's a shortbread that's half covered in chocolate.
0: Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Thanks for
3: nothing.
1: Then ooh, ooh, toffee
2: tastic. now we're talking.
1: Caramel chocolate chip. Caramel chocolate chip was new.
2: Motor alert.
1: And then we
3: have <laughs> two.
2: Uh-
3: we have two s'mores.
1: Oh. oh. Ooh. I do like a
3: s'more. I like a
2: s'more too, but I'm not. I think I'm s'more, going back to s'more, s'more what? what? S'more s'mores.
1: So you guys know my. You, you guys know my infamous. Uh, I've told you guys the uh, Girl Scout cookie story about my neighbor mm-hmm. uh, when I lived in Kansas City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. she came over and was like, you yeah, know, super nice. And um, I'm like, oh, like, wrapping with her. I'm like, so how many boxes do you have to sell? She's like, oh, this. And I just, like, wrote her a check. And um, for a bu- I was like, just give me all the cookies. <laughs> all
0: right, and now um, you're paying for her college, too. You gave her a car, so, her first car. So
1: I, I wrote her a check. And uh, the mom comes over, like, 10 minutes later, like, I think there's a mistake. Like you, We can't
0: accept this. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Like, And I'm like, just... Bring them, so she like comes over, like the mom like minivan backs up and they like bring me this like huge crate of cookies. So like everywhere I'd go, I'd be like, hey, you guys want some cookies? And I just gave them, I just gave everybody gifts. I go to people's house and leave cookies. Save them for Halloween and just give a kid a whole box of cookies. (laughs)
3: Parents
0: You you. know. You know what her mom was doing? Was just like coming back to make sure you weren't some fucking weirdo. Like, well, yes, little it, girl, here's $1,500. <laughs> well, Bring no. Me all of your uh,
1: well, like, I, you know, like, I, I think they knew I was an NFL player. And like, I don't know. Like, I just. Like, she caught me on a good day, and I was like, hey, here, here's a check. <laughs> Shilling, I'll sign up for this. <laughs> she only went to one house that day. Of yeah. course she did. Uh, I don't think she sold any cookies other than to me.
2: So here's a here's a cookie. And cookie then I tried face. to
1: tell them I didn't want the cookies, and they're like, you have to take these, or we're going to have them at our house.
2: What are your thoughts on the Entimins chocolate chip cookies, the little ones? You guys know what I'm talking about? You picking up what I'm putting down here? No. Entimins. Is this from the carnival diet at your bachelor party? No, those are like, what were those cookies? (laughs) Antones? No. Those are like, no, the 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 carnival diet. That was the
1: the nice flay of penis that he was eating at the Mm. bachelor party.
2: The, uh, anyways, Antonin cookies were like always the doughiest, softest, like freshly baked. Hey, what's the name of that Italian comic?
1: Um, He's got joe Rogan. No, it's like what's the Italian guy? He's uh he's super funny like
0: Luigi Entelman.
1: No, like there's an Italian comic um <laughs> uh, I can't but yeah. Kind of he, a
2: rat, a mousy face. Yeah, and I he, know who you're talking and, and about. he's talking
1: about like, you know, like uh when like people would come over and visit, they'd be like, "Come on in." And he's like, "We had these Entelmans." And like <laughs> and it was pretty funny. I was like, "Oh, the Italians are hilarious." It, oh, I think he was in the um, the just, Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know his name. Uh, My sister loves it's, him. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he, real good. He, he, he's got a... Uh, I, I watched his stand-up, and uh, he's pretty funny.
3: Anyways, these, I think stop, I'm taking... Top top yeah, stock. those are
2: them. The Entenmann's cookies, soft-bake
3: original. This, I need... This is a question for Mrs. Spanton, food scientist. Mm-hmm. How do they make these always dewy? It's got to be some You've chemical... I no. imagine, yeah. Did you like yeah, donuts I'll that, too? I'll take
1: I'll take that
2: They're over do, Girl
1: Scouts. Nah, no. I'm going, what? I'm going frozen thin mints.
2: Frozen thin mints? I'll tell you what thin mints are really good
1: for. So so you put the thin mints in there with a bottle of vodka, mm-hmm. and then you, you let the, the the vodka get real cold. Okay. And then you just pour drink like a whole glass over ice, and then you take a, a sleeve of thin mints, and you knock a thin mint. Take a drink. Knock a thin no. mint. And you just kind of flick them like uh, like coins it every, every like, night. This actually leads me that to would my be amazing. next question, A John. sleeve of Thin Mints and some vodka.
2: I'm doing it for lunch.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's so good when he jokes. It feels so good. Uh, bring it, McQuokin.
3: I got to find it. Da-da-da-da.
0: Thanks a lot.
3: Oh. So, people are clamoring. Clamoring. For a new... New. Things... I've learned. Oh, fuck. so what is a quick? You know, and you can build no, off this thin mints no, and Luke, vodka. Uh,
1: Luke uh, spoken word. Luke asked me on this um, actually. Uh, a couple Luke, of years ago. <laughs> no, no, this year, like Luke, like asked me, and Boot I it and I sat down and started writing it, and uh, I got like four days. You got too so, drunk. So no, it's uh, the two year anniversary of my dad's death. Mm-hmm. So he he died on the twenty eighth of February, and we got four days, and I was gonna put it out on the two years after. So uh, every time I sit down to write this, like it ends up being this like collection of things I learned from my dad and um, like then I'll like kind of tear up and, uh, you know, because it's still pretty fresh. Like I, f- yeah. I felt like I lost my best friend and um, uh, so my wife was like, you know, why don't you write like a book about your dad so, so that the kids can read it. So they'll, they'll remember because she's like, I don't know anything about my great-grandparents. I don't know anything about our grandparents. Like, like, we're really shitty about, like, uh, the history of our relatives, and she's like, wouldn't it be interesting if you wrote down all of the stuff that you knew? And I was like, well, we got this bitch in podcast where my dad talks for three hours, which is hilarious because I've had people be like,
2: Bob, why don't you tell us your full name? Well, my name is Robert Alden Third. Fast forward <laughs> three and a half
1: hours, and we know the whole heritage
2: of the Wellborns.
1: Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> like, I sat there, and the hilarious part is I've met numerous people who are like, that was the best podcast with your dad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? All he did, he's like, I, I could listen to him. Like, I, I-, I wish he dictated audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I sat down and I started working on it and, um, it's a really interesting thing and you guys, you know, Luke will see it and you guys will all see it one day where like all of a sudden you kind of transition from this role of like a child and like a, you know, an adult and a parent, then all of a sudden like your parents are no longer there and you realize like, I don't have like a parental lifeline anymore. Like, you know, I like, uh, you know, like my mom is still like, you know, obviously not really recovered from this thing. So like she you know, she's and she's never been one to really give anybody advice or even talk about anything other than herself. Well, there's been advice. Um, I don't know if it's
2: actionable or useful.
1: uh, No, it's not actionable. It's more. um, Well, get your head out of your ass. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Whereas my dad was like, every time I talked to my dad, he the first thing he'd do is like, so what's happened? Tell me everything. Mm -hmm. What have I missed? Like, bring me up to speed. And, uh, you know, like that was really cool. Cause then we would get into these really great dialogues and he would talk about the stuff he was reading and it was always like some lesson associated, not with like, Hey, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And nuts. It was always like, Hey, here's something which <laughs> favorite word, f- that, favorite was your nick- mom. That, that was a favorite nickname. If, I can, uh, if if he was calling you numb nuts, then, uh, that was a, uh, that's got like a 1950s like bag, Aww. but, um, uh, oh, numb nuts. Um, <laughs> But I I think uh, as a parent, you get into this transition role where like now I'm the parent and like I had these kids and like, you know, your parents are since, you know, moved on in their role. And you're like, man, like I'm going to have to be the lifeline for my kids. So then like, you know, but like going through stuff like, you know, father daughter dances or, you know, my daughters have these mile runs and like, you know, like like trying to like uh, the other day they they were getting for their mile run. And uh, I was late getting to the gym because I was down there like making sure their hair was braided. We did like a warm up. We did breathing. We talked about strategy on the mile run. I get up there and you're like, what's up? I'm like, I got to coach my daughters up to do good. And then they ended up, Kelly ended up winning uh, first and Jamie came in third. Oh no. But she tied with the girl in second. And then Kelly, when she got done, um, they have to scan. They have to stop and scan for every lap. Uh, One of her laps didn't scan. So even though she won, she only, they said she ran seven, and so she got disqualified So, So I asked her, I'm like, are you upset? She's like, no, I totally won. She's like, it's not my fault the machine broke. Nice. And I was like, but what you have to do is, on that last one, when it clicks seven and not eight, you should just run an extra. And she was like, well, I'll get disqualified. I'm like, you already got disqualified. I wouldn't matter you get disqualified by running one extra than them thinking you ran one less. So we had this like, huge philosophical debate about that. But um, I actually really dig it. Uh, I always imagined and like I kind of like I think this podcast and power athletes pretty interesting, Uh, just the whole company for me, at least, because I feel like it's my opportunity to influence people in the way in which I think that they should be influenced, or at least through the information that I know. And I always thought as I was playing in the NFL and reading and meeting people like how am I ever going to take this information and put it out in such a way it's digestible for people to learn from it? And I remember thinking like, ah, oh, college professor, lawyer, should I write a book? Like, I got all this neat information and we've been able to do it with Power Athlete in this podcast. But uh, as I sat down, I was uh, working on, to get back to it, um, the lessons learned and I uh, started writing it like a letter to my kids. So... Here's uh, here's all the stuff that I've learned within the last two years. And here's for you guys going forward. And then I was like, can I post that? So we're going to see. We'll see how it comes up. But that should be hitting here in a couple of days.
2: Mm-hmm. I think what you do with that is finish it up in that format. And then maybe we can. I don't know, workshop it into something for the blog.
1: Yeah. Or just, you know, put it out like, um, you know, Jim Wendler wrote that book like or wrote that article that was like letters to a young Jim Wendler Mm -hmm. you know I think it'd be like you know lessons learned and you know almost like just title it like children uh Tony Gonzalez uh at his hall of fame induction speech um wrote each of his kids letters that he gave them the morning of his induction and he talked about like what he wrote in those letters uh really really impactful like um you know I mean yeah, it was good. And I thought, man, that would, that's uh, a, such a powerful thing that like here at, you know, age of seven or eight years old, here's here's something that my dad wrote me that I can always look back on. And, um, you know, that stuff's important. Mm-hmm. And long after I go, hopefully these podcasts still exist. And one day my kids would be like, uh, I think I want to listen to my dad for seven straight years mm-hmm. talking about the same nonsense over and over again. Who's this Denny K guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll exist. I'm going to put them all on some sort of like little drive and then we're you know, by that time we'll be able to just shoot it up into space then it'll just kind of be there for beaming.
2: Mm. Yeah. So we'll have our own power athlete satellite that's constantly beaming Streaming like a kind of beaming. like a XM radio show that you could always well, access.
1: Well, think about this, I mean, so like okay, so we record what 350 podcasts as of today and forever those will be archived in this thing called the internet uh, the cloud and barring some form of like, uh, asteroid hitting the earth or, you know, nuclear explosion or something catastrophe happening where all of a sudden all the information is destroyed. There's a good chance that this stuff will live on where all of a sudden, like a hundred years from now, assuming things are still moving in the right direction. Uh, like my great grandkids and great, great grandkids would be like, Oh, well-born. Oh shit. You know, like this was who, you know, was, uh, you know, part of my family and we have all these episodes, it'd be interesting to listen to. Like I was kind of imagining, um, what if there were podcasts for people a hundred years ago and we could go back and listen to podcasts similar to this of like our great grandparents. Like I was thinking about like, you know, all of a sudden my, my grandfather and his brothers and everybody were uh, engineers working on the railroad, um, Pearl Harbor hits, and we get into the war, and then they spin up the war effort. And what do they do? They pack up their cars and all drive to California. And they show up the first day, they sign employment agreements, and they got keys to houses. So they like, he went down, he got a job, you're an engineer. Oh, great, you start tomorrow, here's your home. And they all moved into these little, like, World War II homes in Culver City. Like, It wouldn't be killer if they like he and his brothers all and all their buddies all sat around at night and had a drink and like sat on the you know and talked about it and been like oh that was a hell of a drive we were making time we were making thirty miles an hour and then we brew blew a tire but then we had to fix it with belts I mean like just the stories would be so much would be so incredible that I think or even like think about like World War One World War Two to be able to listen to some podcasts by those soldiers Mm -hmm. you know the war effort what they're thinking it just
0: it would be uh, incredible I think I wonder if the mindset back then, like, how do we get to a point where we actually think that we're so like self grand, you know, grandiose that we think other people want to actually hear it and listen to it. Because I think that's a component of it too, that people sat around and talked about, yeah, the the war and you know, whatever, I don't know, like, issues were going on at the time. But um, I'm just wondering if back then it would even come into their consciousness that it would be something that other people wanted to hear,
1: you know? Well, I remember when, um, uh, Greg Glassman hit me up about CrossFit football. My first comment was, uh, do you think people want to know this stuff? And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. people want to know this stuff. And I, I'll tell you this, if, uh, if there was the ability to go back and listen to, uh, you know, somebody within my, my family from years ago where I could actually go and listen to this and like, understand some history. Cause I think, I think we're terrible about this stuff. I mean, like, even when I was on that podcast with my dad and I was listening to his recollections of these things, it was a bunch of stuff that I had never heard. I was like, you never told me that. Like, I'd heard pieces, but there was, um, you know, an interesting piece. And at some point, me and the kids will sit down and listen to it. We haven't, but kind of avoided that one. Uh, I've talked about this. I read this Texas history book. That's like an
3: R-rated actual version. So taking oh yeah, that, it's pretty it's awesome, awesome, isn't it? But I, I really enjoyed the narration style, so I purchased the book. But then switched over to audio just because it was so dense. But how they were telling the stories was the narrator was going through the First, events, but then providing reference. And so he would read accounts that were
1: recorded in written or, history or the letters. Yep. So so that was the cool part was uh, when they were like writing a letter to their brother or they would write a letter to somebody and they'd go through and read the letter. Mm hmm. Dude, that's the stuff and that's crazy. I, I do sometimes listen. If I've got a, a long project or
3: drive, dial in Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, and I love his storytelling mm. process. So he just puts the, he pulls from letters and quotes and accounts and then just puts this voice and passion into it that weaves into the story he's telling about he's history. He's
0: good, but his episodes are so long. I thought our episodes were long. His are like, some of them are four hours.
1: Yeah. He's just getting going. That's
3: after editing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We're
3: linearly progressing up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
3: All right. What else we got? Book. So this also in line with the Talk to Me Johnny Long Road website. Ten years ago, you released a book list. Hmm. So what are you reading now or been the past few years?
2: Yeah, because it was... This was Scott Nicks asking for what's your refresh on acquired reading, and I think that and I'm going to tee this up for you. Back then, it was kind of the focus was for CrossFit coaches, I mm-hmm. would imagine, right? But now I feel like we we straddle so many different lanes that would it be a different list per, you know, you know our yeah. Personas. So I can I
3: can give you quick hitting. So we have Mark Ripito, Bill Starr, Louis Simmons, Virch, uh, Virtusianski. I missed that. I messed that up. Jim Wendler and. From
1: Lucy to Language, Extinct Humans, The Last Neanderthal, Mm -hmm. and The Last Human. Yeah, no, all those books were excellent, and I remember they were super impactful at that time. But also I was kind of really deep in this whole, like, um, like I kind of look and I can use books and kind of movies as kind of different points in my life. And I remember there was like this whole kind of like, Tyler Durden, Fight Club, like, uh, you know, only through self-destruction where you really learned about yourself. And I kind of got through that, and then it was this whole idea of like, there's some evolutionary component to this training. And I, that's when I got into like, you know, Clan of the Cave Bear and everything from like the Dune books, and I read all that. But like, a bunch of the stuff there was kind of training-related. Um, I just thought it was, you know, people should read Vert Kishansky, right? They should know science and practice. Um, you know they should be able to you know read Mel Sift, and I was really just trying to put out a book list that people, if they read, at least when they came to the seminar, we could have a better understanding. And that was when I was deepened in into a lot of the um, ancestral nutrition and kind of this evolutionary nutrition model, which uh, I have since kind of reversed a little bit on. Um, in that, I think uh, humans are extremely resilient and we'll adapt to anything. But then I watched you know Michael Rose's talk on fruit flies and realized that. You know, up until a point, you know, the genes are only so strong and then you have to return. So I mean, there's just some really fascinating stuff. But I think where I've really got super uh jiggy is a lot in within the um the Terra Swartz stuff with you know the neuroplasticity in her book and then i you know, Angela Duckworth's book. I mean what's nice now is we've had some really world class authors uh on the podcast that have really kind of fit within the reading list. I mean that uh, I mean but what's what's really fascinating is this podcast and as we sit here and reflect on 350 episodes, has been kind of this, uh, if you were to kind of like write it out on the wall and kind of like put the guests with like a topic and kind of color code it, you'd, this, you'd kind of see this interesting evolution of power athlete, you know, where all this stuff was kind of pretty interesting, like training related. And then we started kind of branching out and it was more, you know, uh, from training to nutrition, to lifestyle and this, and it just kind of all over. And then we were doing sports and here, and it's, I think it's just evolved this interest. And more importantly, people are interesting. So uh, the biggest thing I'd say with this podcast is um, if you have something to say and you have some, you know, something to stake in the ground and throw a a spear in the ground and stand on it, I think that's pretty good. But, you know, I'll put together a little reading list, too, for that.
0: Why do you think that evolution has occurred? Because it's not like, I mean, you, you can't really run out of strength and conditioning stuff to talk about because we've proved that. I mean, we still have guests on all the time that that's kind of like the bread and butter. But I mean, obviously, our interests have changed, but... I'm just curious from your perspective why you think other things have kind of taken a back seat and other things have kind of come into the forefront of power athlete.
1: Um, I think, um, uh, I think we've curb stomped a lot of stuff, uh, to the point like American history X style. We had people put their mouth on the curb and we've literally just smashed the back of the head in terms of like strength. I mean, you know, we, we know like we don't really have to argue to people and convince people that it's better to be strong than weak. It's better to be fast than slow. And uh, if you're gonna do something, you gotta have great intent and move in that direction. And at the end of the day, I don't know if like, there's much more that needs to be said on that. Where I think is really fascinating is uh, like how we got here. And how we're able to, because I mean, like, like here, here's another one, um, that I I think quite a bit is, uh, realistically technology, the way we've known it's only been within the last 50 years. I mean, we've evolved more in the last 50 years. Like I think I saw in like, since the advent of the internet, like more books have been written since the advent of the internet than in entire period of history. So, um, just the amount of information that's happening, uh, is coming so fast and things are evolving so fast, but yet we're still pretty basic. Uh, You know, we've evolved over, you know, let's say the millions of years and like, evolution doesn't happen that fast but yet when we look at technology and I I forget the Luke's gonna reference it but like everything becomes exponential Moore's Law yeah Moore's Law where all of a sudden it's like you look at artificial intelligence and if it takes them three seconds to learn something the first time then all of a sudden it takes them a second and a half the next time and it just keeps splitting 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 until you know things are learning at such a fast rate so I think um, uh, what we've done a really good job of is And I I just feel like we don't really have to fight to convince people that, you know, strength is a platform at which all life is built on. Um, You know, it's the greatest predictor of of longevity. You know, there's actuary tables that talk about as you start losing muscle mass and strength, all of a sudden here's the point at which, you know, your journey ends. And I don't necessarily know if uh, that's something. But yet we have guys like Paul Carter come on the podcast who's super engaging, who I love because he is just trying to call bullshit on all the bullshit. And I think if anything what we're trying to do is boil this thing down to like the most basic, simplest, like here are the fundamental truths that we've found. And then how did we get here? And more importantly, how do we evolve as humans at a faster rate? Which I think when we think about like, um, and that's why I really enjoyed the Tara Swart deal. And I really enjoyed her book was this idea that like, you know, um, I mean, uh, like the, uh, I think I told you like it was. I think it was uh, Mushyashi's book of Five Rings. that talked about don't speak about don't speak ill about yourself, or the warrior within will start to believe you. And like perfect on within her book, being like when you lay down like neuroplasticity, and we lay down the myelination and all the other stuff, like how you perceive yourself. And this is Michael Rose's deal becomes your most powerful ally. You know, so people like oh, it's new age bullshit, positive thinking. You're like, no, it's not. Uh, they know that there's a definite difference in how the brain is laid down. It's like um, before I had my shoulder surgery, I, I pulled out a research article that talked and looked about like tissue healing under, uh, under opiates versus without opiates. And they, they analyzed the tissue quality and they saw that like after a surgery when the tissue heals, that without, the, without drugs, the tissue ends up kind of laying within like fibers but they found under opiates that it actually gets all fucking balled up and it doesn't lay and it, it gets confused. So when I did the surgery, I woke up, took no painkillers, and I haven't taken it. I took some Tylenol when it was shitty, but took, like, no opiates uh, for, you know, I didn't even take Tylenol until I was about three weeks in or two weeks in. So uh, just because I was like, man, if, if, if I know that the opiates will negatively affect it, then I'm not going to take it, right. you know? So I think as uh, information becomes more apparent, but you know i mean uh, mushashi wrote, wrote that book of five rings 100 you know hundreds of years ago and the information that they're teaching you know the self-reliance the, you know the visualization the understanding uh all, you know now they're proving that within a uh, um, you know within neuroscience and they're proving that all of this stuff is very very true your perception of yourself i mean that was michael rose's deal with aging uh the most powerful element in aging and anti-aging isn't any drug or anything that you can do, whatever, it's your perception of yourself. And he was like, if something's growing weird on your face or you got a gray beard or, you know, you feel old or you're dressing old, change that shit. Shave your gray beard, dress younger. How you view yourself in the mirror, when people go, oh, I'm looking old, I feel tired. Instantly, what that does is it triggers and that speeds up. Mm-hmm. The uh, the deal, and he he talked about uh, the reason that women are not aging as fast as men is because when all of a sudden they they allow or dye. they hair dye at the grocery store, mm-hmm. so then they can go in and buy hair dye and they didn't have to go to the hairdresser and they could do it every day or every couple of days. Now all of a sudden you have women who are eighty years old that you thought were sixty, but then you see old men like and you are like, man, it is the same age, same age, just aging a much greater. Are-
0: brought that up as one of like the most right. innovative things in terms of like self perception yeah. was th- for women was like the hair dye thing yeah. Which, now that she said that it makes so much sense
1: Yeah, um, uh, like, like don't like if um, uh, you know, my, uh, Michael Rose's deal was like if something's weird on your face or like you know something like you got a growth or something's crazy or you feel old like whatever you have to do for you to maintain the feeling of youth and virility it beca- it's, it's what you need to do and, uh, like, you know, and you can get all into this ancestral diet. And I remember, you know, arguing with Paul Carter and I sent him that talk on Michael Rose and, um, he was like me, he was like trying to argue with me. And then I just stopped him. I'm like, how old do you think Michael Rose is? He's like, I don't know. Fifties. I'm like, he's close to 70. And Paul Carter got real quiet. and It's like, okay, I believe you <laughs> like listened to the whole talk. Didn't buy it. And as soon as he saw how old Michael Rose was compared to how he looked instantly sold him. which is just you know, like like we can hear all of this information and it makes sense, but at the end of the day, the proof is in the pudding.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, the proof is in the Botox.
2: And I think also in terms of the trend line, if you follow the guests on this show, I think it's kind of... I think it's because social media and like I think that they you know, there was a lot of social f- friction with the election and Trump and all this stuff. And I th- and it just gave an there was a desire to understand what the how to how are other people thinking outside of our little echo chamber, realizing that we were kind of in our our, our bubble. own bubble of pretty switched on people, whether it was our friends, our guests, our customers. Um, we, I don't know that we talk to anyone who eats McDonald's five days a week. And that's probably 80% of the population, right? That that goes to fast food five days a week. And how many people do, do you think you've sent a text message to in the last year? That fit that criteria.
1: I don't think I even know. Like, uh, my kids don't even know what, me, or it's funny because uh, I guess one of the kids at school had a Happy Meal, mm-hmm. and the girls were like, have you heard of these things called Happy Meals? No. And Those I was are like, poison. I was like, <laughs> what is it? And they're like, well, there's a toy in there, and they explained it to me, and I was like, I know what a Happy Meal is, dumbasses. <laughs> um, and they, and they, they were like, can we get one? And I'm like, No. no. Not at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, you that, know, that, at, that, w- at one day they could have a happy meal, but not under my watch.
2: And that cut like... Not I, up in here! I guess thinking <laughs> of specifically Angela Duckworth and that trend when uh, when we had those those types of individuals focusing on mindset. Yeah. And I remember you reading The Coddling of American Mind. Mm-hmm. We were just also getting into, like, co- coaches' mentorship. So it was taking on a different, I guess, fitting into what the hell's going around the world influenced who we really want to talk to here because, like you said, John, we had a pretty good grasp on, all right, movement selection, sequencing, sets, reps, volume, intensity, periodization, long-term athletic development. Yeah, okay, we're pretty good there. Uh, Let's have a different conversation. right? It would
0: almost be weird if we didn't evolve beyond that, right? Like mm-hmm. it would We'd be, be like Mark Ripto,
1: still 20 years later, talking about hip drive. Exactly. And, 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 and you know what? At that point, uh, I would have fucking put a gun in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I think uh, as an individual, you have to evolve like the reading lists evolve. Do I still go back and look at Verkashansky's work? Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, I go back and I'll reread things in science and practice. Um, you know, Yesi, Dr. Yesi. I mean, a a lot of things. And what I find is that that information has stood the test of time. So what I'm always looking for is, is there information that's the test of time? Can I look back on this information and still 10 years later, does it still make sense? And I think that's the really the mark of something that's um, lasting and impactful, but, um, and different
3: speakers that we've had on here or interviews, were they all coming to the same conclusions to find their best practice, whether it's through their coaching, their research, their their path and their journey just these principles or pillars stick out and it's multiple
1: people coming to the same conclusion i thought mm.
3: that is one of the most fascinating things
1: about this uh, i can't think of anybody we've ever had on the podcast where we disagreed venomously with them ben to, Bergeron. yeah probably the only one where we were like this guy's fucking full of fucking dog shit um and like a little bitch, I didn't call him out on it and I didn't battle him because... Uh,
2: I didn't want to bring up old shit, but
1: you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're... <laughs> I am. I, I do. And you know what... But, uh, no, to be honest with you,
2: that was more on the technical side of coaching that w- there was friction. And when he got into just the concepts behind mindset, I think we were aligned. So probably yeah, more common than not. But um, there, there was friction. Anybody
1: who talks about metabolic conditioning as the sport of metabolism... Like he...
2: yeah, just a little bit of misinformation, and I, I don't. Know. I don't think it's out of malicious intent, but that's where it gets dangerous, right? Where yeah. you're, you're, you have in a, a position, huge audience. You're in a huge audience with a position of power, uh, and maybe you know it's kind of curse of the gifted. You think that it's your philosophies and your technical expertise that allowed a, a super gifted athlete to thrive in a sport that they just happen to be selected for, and then you start spouting down your. Um, i think if you're like
1: a a 20-something girl from iceland you got a pretty good chance to be in the top 20 in the in the crossfit games Mm -hmm. just out of like natural selection and it's not really anything but uh you know um yeah that's probably the only one i can think of like i was just thinking of
0: chris duffin just that most recent episode there was a probably like two things in there that i know that we don't necessarily align on one of them was when he was Basic, not, I wouldn't say advocating, but he was talking about his flat footedness and how it, it actually posturally sets him up for success and how he mm-hmm. hasn't had any issues. And
1: well, he, uh, um, and you were um, like, is not, it good? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't
0: know, is it? And you guys just kept going, is it good to have?
1: That? No, it's not. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, uh, for him, uh, you know, he made a point that he's able to keep the bar over the, his midfoot. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ankle stacked. Yeah, and the ankle stacked, which allows him to do what he's able to do. Um, But I don't see
2: him really sprinting out there too much, do you? No,
1: I don't see him really running or sprinting or doing anything. yeah. Yeah, so I think that... yeah. Not but, to take away from his... If you look at, like, LeBron train. James, mm-hmm. super duck-footed and flat-footed, mm-hmm. and he's an incredible athlete, too, but he also eats, like... Like, did you see the one guy he played with it was like, this guy eats fucking awful. He eats French toast and fucking cake for oh, every really? meal. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, LeBron will like was kind of, like, talking about this stuff, about being a champion, and one of his ex-teammates, like... Uh, this guy, like, will talk about this stuff for like two days and then go back and he eats like French toast and he went through like what he eats on a single day and it was like cake with every meal and dessert. Sugar and bear. Oh, total sugar bear. And sugar he's flat footed and duck footed mm-hmm. and is out there and probably best basketball player behind Jordan.
2: Yeah. So maybe it's, um, but to, I guess maybe to Duffin's point is it's if you can main like organize and keep that. Stack.
0: well he's he since he's just doing such a specified one yeah just one close oh, yeah. he's he's a, <laughs>
1: he's a circuit lifter or what do you call it, like a uh, circus lifter
2: yeah circus tricks
1: you know so, so proclaimed yeah, yeah so yeah works. i mean he's he's not trying to enter into a powerlifting meet and he's not trying to do this other than the fact that he has some you know what do you call it, grand goals or grand plans or mm-hmm. you know that deal to do it but uh you know i i found him to be uh um uh, a super interesting individual um just yeah, I, I was, I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to put his book on my reading list, but I haven't read it yet. So I mm-hmm. can't necessarily say if I'm going to read it or not. Uh, I just was going to ask him, did you write it or was it ghost written? Because I have a feeling it was probably ghost written. Probably maybe like a collection of like narratives or whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Callie, has there been a guest over the years that's jumped out to you that didn't
3: send you down a rabbit hole of research or enjoyment?
0: Of research or enjoyment. Um, I think the Tara Swart one was pretty cool. Ended up getting her book, and uh, actually, I think Tom's reading it right now. He or he already has read it, so he has it down in his training. um There's been some that stand out to me, but like more just because of I just like more shit talking purposes. <laughs> there have been some people where they've surprised me and sort of like their demeanor on the on the show and everything, and just uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to get to know people in that in that realm.
2: Going into like surprise by demeanor stand out for me is Alan Stein Jr. When we're just like, yeah, hang on, hang on, like kind of put him off. We're talking Fast and Furious or something. He's like, oh yeah, I love that part, and he like jumps yeah. in. And we're like, Top Gun, like Top Gun started getting talked about, and it's just like we got right into a movie banter. In Four minutes and then he took it and ran with it. Yeah, no, he's because his,
3: yeah, his research was based off Joseph Campbell and storytelling mm-hmm. and all that. So I guess he he knew
1: all the catch points, yeah, to draw somebody into a story. That was a good one. Yeah, no, he uh, uh when I heard him speak at the uh, IYCA, I thought he was a very engaging speaker and uh, I, I enjoyed his talk. And then I get up there and uh, Jim Cabasso, uh, wanted to do a talk to me Johnny and he's like you know brought out two chairs and we sat down and he was like man I want to interview you similar to how you did me I think it was great and the people would love it um the whole problem I told them though is I was like you know uh I do this podcast Premier podcast strength conditioning Eng. and uh I tend to be rather long-winded but I come across that naturally like my dad and uh even though nobody's as long-winded as he is um so just tee me up a good one, and we'll see where it goes. So he tees me up like one pretty good deal, and I go, <sighs> and I talk for like 45 minutes straight, and that was all we had. And he's like, wow, one question. I didn't even get into Word <laughs> in Edgewise. I'm like, perfect. And, uh, and people loved it. And then that's when I connected with Alan Stein Jr., which I thought was great. I enjoyed pulling in Donnie Mabe and
3: Mike Hill, so two guys that I hit early in my coaching career. And so I just got to talk about, just the, the education process and then speak to them six, seven, eight years later and just them still being good people and sharing, sharing stories and ventures and then empowering those around them. So putting other coaches in the best position to be successful in this crazy business. But yeah, I thought it was cool just to give the opportunity to highlight, man, those guys in, in my journey. And then the communication stuff, so Winkleman, Rachel Larson, it was cool, like best practice ways we found to just be very direct in cues, not conversations, and then having people who dedicate their research or their careers to unlocking communication and just mm-hmm. hitting some points that we had found in our, our journeys throughout the world in different countries really, coaching movement. So mm-hmm. I thought that was those were a couple cool highlights as well.
0: I mean I think like the specificity to like what I'm doing at work, um, like Jay Dawes, when we had him on, uh, what we had on, I think maybe a couple of times, mm-hmm. but, um, and I think his buddy Kornheiser, Kornhauser was his last name. But anyway, like uh, the, the work that they were doing out of Colorado before Jay went over to OSU um, with their police academy out there. That was pretty interesting. Um, and who else? Uh, you know, I, I have a tendency to like the the Ben Crookston episodes, too, because mm. the conversation is so different. It's um, to hear his journey and hear him talk about how he was able to go through the thought process of just, just changing his, um, just ch- changing how he felt his purpose was in life and how his purpose was in business and how he was able to meld the two. Uh, which I think is, you know, something obviously we try to do through Power Athlete, but uh, he's a
1: he's a smart dude, and I won't ever tell him smart. this. Yeah, I'm, I'll never tell him this to his face because I fucking <laughs> beat him down every chance I get. But uh, he is more he is one of the more intellectually uh perceptive and deep thinkers and like really thinks through a problem and all the different angles and is uh the first to reach out like you know uh, I, I always think like the mark of a really intelligent person is uh how quickly somebody's able to reach out and ask for other people's like, hey, what you know, I trust your opinion. What do you think of this? How do I make this better? And and I and that's something I really strive for. I think sometimes people um in these environments uh you know, think that they're constantly the smartest person in the room. You know, the, uh, the you know, like uh, our Stan Efforting podcast, which I enjoyed, but you know, Stan wasn't necessarily interested in having a conversation with us as much as he was, you know, talking about what he does. And you know, I think what we look for is like banter and exchange and this and give and go. And um, I, I, I always get that from Ben. And I just really have enjoyed when we when we had him at the Power Athlete Symposium when he got up and spoke. I mean, mm-hmm. just extremely intelligent. Now, if, I'll never. Like I said, never tell him that to his face because yeah. you got to beat him down. But oh, yeah. yeah, he's a sharp and dude. It,
0: yeah, it's, a, it's, it's interesting to see all those parts of his personality uh-huh. come together, especially from that episode when he talked about how when he was an athlete, he still was pulled to like this intellectual, philosophical side. And, um, you know, he wasn't able to necessarily assimilate into one group or the other. And uh, now it's kind of he's able to have like a perfect marriage of those components of his personality and really like i think that's where people do find genuine happiness is when they're able to reconcile those aspects and something that's productive and um something that they feel good about something that's giving back and all that stuff so i mean it's it's a dude like that you can't you can't be happier for their success you know it's just like you're just so happy that they're like they're doing all the things that they want to do so
1: yeah i mean um uh i think the the difference in people that i've seen is um there's people that I think like rebel in their friends' successes, and there's people that like take pride in people's failures and like get sick with other people's success. And I think it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Other people's success has no indication of how you're doing, Where, but I think people use that as a measuring stick. Well, like his company's more successful, or they're doing better, or they have more, you know, th- and I think people are constantly looking for these yardsticks. And then all that does is it creates a divide, and then you fucking dislike this piece of shit because he's better than me. And I think what it does is it shines maybe a light on inadequacies instead of like celebrating your friends and your colleagues successes. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if my if my output is positive and I'm working in that direction, uh, it just manifests for me and is a way better experience for me to be like, fuck, yeah, I'm so stoked yeah, you that you're can doing either good.
0: like wilt in the shadow of the people around you success or you can rise to that. Level, you know, and I think that's what why people get sort of insecure when they see that that occur, and there maybe some of their default tendencies are to like ah, shit on it to some degree, but um, because essentially that's holding you to a higher standard now to then, uh, you know, maintain that relationship or maintain that commonality.
1: The only time I've ever had that is when um, I was waiting in line at the airport to go through TSA. To get I was groped. I was, was looking at Instagram and all of a sudden Tony Gonzalez pops up and he's like boarding a private jet with his family and they're like <laughs> as i get up there and all of a sudden the machine fucking lights up my whole body and the guy's over there like basically rubbing my crotch and i'm He's like
0: got one glove like oh,
1: oh dude shit. i i look down at the dude and i'm like i don't know if you should give me a dollar or i should give you a dollar because <laughs> like this is getting fucking cheap and the guy's like you want to go on the back i'm like no i'm good to do out in front of everybody you want me to take my pants <laughs> off and start fucking right and these idiots uh, yeah are, i thought you were going to say moment
3: of jealousy when you just look and Luke and I just hanging out past TSA. Yeah, and, and
1: these guys go through fucking pre-check. And they're like waiting like, uh, and I'm just over there. And they're over there like fucking rubbing my crotch. And I just remember thinking like, God damn you.
0: It's like a Private dog. Plane. who's like taking a shit in front of a group of people. And it's just like looking so ashamed. But like it has to has to take a shit. I don't know why dogs
1: I don't know why dogs have the most ashamed look on their face when they go the when That's they're so when they go on the bed. You see them and you're like, oh their ears
0: are back and they're just like maybe
1: they're so defensive. And then the best is like and then you see them and they're like even the dogs embarrassed you're letting that shit on somebody's lawn. So I'll clean that shit up. Is that what you do, Luke? You walk with the dogs around the neighborhood and let them shit on other people's lawns.
2: Uh, my dogs are proud to shit. They look great doing. It. <laughs> yeah. And I'll leave it there. I'll pick it up a few days later if it's still there. <laughs> What do you guys do that <laughs> don't do that? Uh, I got to say that near the, the podcast I've used most since is near IL's uh, Indistractable. The book has been a total game changer with organizing the day, organizing family time, making time quality time instead of just time spent. Um, so I got, that one's been huge, huge, huge for me. And then um, I always liked the Crookston ones as well. But I also talk I talked to him on that level pretty frequently.
0: Every day. All right. Uh monthly.
2: Monthly I'll hit him up. So
0: That's good. Yeah, I gotta revisit that near AL one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
1: I it's been a while. I have his book. I have not bought his book. But um, I've been a little
0: distracted though.
1: Have you? <laughs> mm-hmm. With what?
0: No, I'm just that's you need pun, to become
2: huh?
1: indistractable.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a mm-hmm. pun on Indistractable. She's
1: like, I just turned the radio off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, Car 21, we need to check in. Uh, a large Farva,
3: th- Super bad. They go to the bar and you hear the mic open up. Ah, there's so much blood. <laughs> <laughs> and he just shuts it off. And then when they ask for the bill, he's like, oh, got to go.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be lying if I, if I didn't like say like that I've said, so, Oh, sorry. I got to like, this is a really hot call right now that I got to go. Like if someone tries <laughs> to pull me into like some bullshit conversation, people try to debate you in coffee shops and things like that. And you're just like,
2: I just want my bagel and my muffin to, a, to go. Just, Callie, let me ask you this. Or maybe John, you know, what do you, what do you guys, what are you guys doing when what you guys you say you are do? in a parking lot and you're parked and you're just parked next to each other?
0: Yeah. You're just talking to each other.
2: So, let me give some context. Ash and I are on a hike in our s- subdivision deal, and there's like a whole totally undeveloped area. Mm-hmm. And there were two sheriffs just parked like that li- with no houses, no nothing around, like right. nothing to Making be patrolling. Out. It's make out. Is that just like break time and chewing the fat? Or is, uh, are you so waiting? Is that like kind of like a patrol point or something like open that? Open mouth kissing. No,
0: it's- <laughs> I mean, you're perp- you're purposely going somewhere where there's not a lot of buildings and things like that and where you can easily see people coming in and out of the parking lot area. So you're facing the other direction, not only so you can talk to each other, but you watch each other six. But the other thing too, is they might've just gone to like a call in your subdivision and then mm-hmm. they just say, Hey, let's go meet at this parking lot and debrief it. Cause that, that happens too. Like, you know, you'll want to, you'll want to say like, if it was, you know, a DV call or something, you want to say, okay, like, you know, let's talk about like what happened there you know, should we have done this or can we do this? I mean, it could, or they could just be like, dude, you got to see this new YouTube video. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) I'm I'm Aaron on that side. Yeah. Which is fine. Check out this like Instagram page, which is fine because I'm sure if something came up, they would just go
2: solve the problem. Well,
1: if it's on 71, they're just looking for speeders.
2: What was back? Like way back in, uh,
1: (laughs) so, um, Where did we go yesterday? Uh, I can't remember where we were driving. We went somewhere yesterday with the kids. McDonald's?
2: <laughs> where the fuck? Happy Meals? Um, I can't remember where. Oh, um, shenanigans. Costco. So, oh, yeah, oh. we should get the girls for their birthday uh Happy, <laughs> Happy Meal Meals. boxes but with salads in there. Oh, salad smash boxes. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, um, Kelly orders salads whenever we go out and eat, but, but well, like, she's
2: getting a burger then.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty funny. Cause uh, like, you know, Kelly's big into riding. So she hangs out at like the barn next door and rides horse a couple days a week. And so there's older girls that like kind of mentor and she hangs around with that she wants to be friends with. And so I'm starting to see like some behaviors that I kind of laugh at. And I was like, what's up with these salads? She's like, it's like salads. And then I come to find out that like the older girls have been eating salads. And I'm like, do you know why they're eating salads, Kelly? She's like, I don't know, because they're delicious. I'm like, no, because they're you know, like, I don't want to be like, because they have fat they asses might just or like something.
0: Salad. There's nothing wrong with you guys. Oh, uh, you know,
1: it's like the type of person you take them to Fogo de Chow, and you know what they order? <laughs> <laughs> salad fucking veg- bar. Salad bar. Whoa, vegetables. Out. No mm. meat. You're out of here. That so was it.
4: Good.
1: <laughs> and good. Uh, uh, and then Hins is like, well, you know, sometimes like when you know, you're not feeling good because you've eaten too much meat, I'm like, don't know what that means. As mm-hmm. <laughs> Dr. Tom <laughs> ate 400 pounds of meat. I'm
2: keeled over in a chair, can barely breathe.
0: I wanted to say earlier when you were talking about, well, it's really hard. It's, protein's so satiating that it's so hard for you to overeat on protein. I wanted to be like, you fucking liar. I've seen you guys each individually <laughs> overeat on. on so much protein.
2: Let's also qualify though. Like, yeah, let's qualify. Salty that. like salty and fatty cuts, absolutely easy to overeat. Yeah. But like a
1: lean a, lean meat. Let's say you're
2: eating like, a leaner
1: cut. Like can you sit down and really eat three pounds of chicken? Oh.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I could actually. I'm on chicken <laughs> I'm on <the> chicken thighs. <laughs>
1: yeah, but that is fat
2: it. But like like right. white what? chicken bur- No. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe. Can I put, can I butter it up? (laughs) (laughs) Can I put hot sauce on it? Can I
0: cover it in beef?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, so we, I I forgot where we were, but uh, we went to dinner and uh, like I had this big thing of chicken and uh, I like covered it in hot sauce. This guy, (laughs) the lady's like, Ooh, you must really love hot sauce. I'm like, no, I just hate fucking chicken that much. You got any more hot sauce? I had like three different types on there. I'm like, I hate chicken.
2: I've been on the Chicken thighs is my new thing. I'm back on the bird. Back on the bird, and I'm doing chicken thighs but turkey breast roasts. Mm. It's, I, mm, no, I'm not into it, but I, I, you got to do it right, like in terms of just variety, you got to have some sort of bird avian bird meat, don't, ya? Mm. don't I, you? Uh, don't you? Don't you gotta?
1: No. Really uh, no, I, I, I do eat chicken because it's, it's you know lean it's eat, a lean papa protein. Uh, what was it? The guys from state class he sent me some fish fillets, mm-hmm. like some white fish the I've, birds of the sea I throw them, I throw these white <laughs> i don't even know what kind of white fish this is white fish. I throw it in the, uh, in the instapot. And i am cooking it with some lemon. And oh, then yeah. I take it out, I put salt on it, and I cover it in hot sauce. Yeah. And then I'm like, great. I just got my 12 <laughs> ounces of protein. I'm good to go. Uh, it
0: could just be like a stack of papers and you're just...
1: Uh, as long as I put mushy. it on <laughs> Well, uh, you know, when Dr. Tom... I, I remember we went through all that testing stuff with my dad. I asked Dr. Tom, I'm like, hey, are there two elements that you encounter that constantly help battle, like, uh, like cancer, like bad environment for cancer, like, you know, that's extremely, I guess, like, you know destroys cancer cells. Is there anything that, like, you can do? And Dr. Tom was like, in all the research we've done, the two things that that kill almost every cancer was, green tea extract and um, capsin. So uh, for hot sauce, Yep, capsin. And um, so I'm like, so what does that mean? He's like, drink as much green tea as you can and put hot sauce on everything. So now I just drink green tea a bunch and fucking hot sauce the shit out of everything. (laughs) Callie, you... I put that shit on everything.
3: You remind me of something Nan McQuilkin once got me on. I hated tuna fish growing up, so then she just created something or sandwiches called Chicken of the Sea. And I was like, oh, I love chicken. So just hammered these things and then dropped the bomb on me afterwards, and I was like, oh,
1: got me good, Nana. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. I mean, back in the day, I remember you my mom... Are an idiot? <laughs> uh, do we really need acid after all these years? Um, are you talk, who are you talking to? My, my, mom, my mom used Biker. to make this uh, uh, like uh, tuna fish, but she would put like... Uh, it was like mustard and like a bunch of stuff, and like I remember there was like a celery cut up, and she used to make us these sandwiches where she would put um, uh, like a you know like the processed uh, cheese slices. Oh, American Craft Singles. Yeah, would American. put that on, and then she would put it in the toaster, and we would have like toasted tuna bread, melt. tuna melt, open face. Unbelievable. I, it was the only time I ever liked a tuna fish sandwich was that tuna I never, melt. I,
0: I don't get down with tuna, really. There's just something about it.
2: Listen to this, though. So here's how I used to smash the tuna when I was eating tuna. I, uh, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, two cans of tuna, mac and cheese, crushed red pepper, and you just... I see that. With a couple extra slices of...
0: health. You're all about health. So that's a college.
2: Take- that's definitely college meal. That was not that single was, man meal. That was not. That was like the fat-free mac and cheese. It was legit. Nice. Thinking I was being healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Health first.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great. Well, I mean, it just tastes like mac and cheese, which is great. You know.
1: <laughs> uh, you know who we've never had on the podcast, and I've always kind of waited to uh, for somebody to come on who was a real staunch vegan to come on and battle us, where we could be like, nah, like legit, like. Hey, we'll have you on, uh, send us over your talking points and we'll, we we'll, we'll set it up and then bring somebody on that says this and then be like, okay, like, like, where are you getting this information? Is it an anecdotal research? Cause this is what we know. And then actually do some, you know, actually have a, not a spirited debate, but at least a spirited conversation with somebody, not like that hack job that fucking, you know, game changers did with, uh, um, uh, Chris, not master John. It was, uh, Chris Cresser or he just, you know, you can't read a food plot. You know, I, I didn't think watch be it. I didn't easy listen. To find Sorry, Forrest. vegan. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a vegan who'd want to come on and chat. I'll, I mean, we can figure that out.
2: I'll call out of that. I have no. I mean, I'll oh, okay. I'm in. I'm just
1: surprised after all the fucking egregious things I've said about the vegans and like the plant based diet and all that that we've never had anybody hit us up and be like, "Yo, I want to come on Power at the Radio and fucking
2: debate you guys." Mm, yeah.
0: I think that's telling of the argument.
2: <laughs> I, I'm just trying to, th- I'm trying to picture that in how that would go. Like, is there a moderator or do they just try to talk in between John? You know, how yes. long is the episode? Two
0: days.
3: It's,
2: okay. Yeah, two We're going to tell 48 hours. That's
1: going to be a hell of an edit.
0: Two earth days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kelly doesn't listen to this shit.
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> Numerous uh, times. Unfortunately, yeah. The, the amount of times I'm just shaking my head. But I know I have to keep some of it in. Otherwise, <laughs> we wouldn't have any content.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you only edit out the stuff we tell you not to edit. But the things that I, we tell you to edit, you leave in.
0: Yeah. I'll be, like, hey, this Ke- last- Ke-
1: Kelly, make sure you edit this out. Nope, that's staying in.
0: This last episode, Luke's like, you know what, Callie? Keep this rolling. We're going to keep this rolling. It's like, you know what? Don't, don't tell me what to do. Okay? This is how we
2: do it, people. This is how we do it. We come in like we don't have a plan, but it's all part of the plan. I believe that was the lead in.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it worked We've perfectly. had quite a few of those intros <laughs> lately. where I don't know where what you guys were doing just prior to the episode, but you you're not coming in hot. You're coming in... Lukewarm, if I may say so.
2: Ooh, no <laughs> pun intended. No pun intended. Did you just say to me, it's "That's pretty,
0: it"? Pretty room temp, actually.
2: I would, I would kill for room temp. If it's you don't know saying because token.
3: I just beat you at ping pong.
2: These are also. Oh, you mean today, the first time in a month?
0: <laughs> Can you guys? You guys need to. um Since you talk about ping pong so much, you guys should film like a little short video. Oh, we're good.
2: We're getting good. Last week, I think we got 10 or 12 hours of filming in.
0: (laughs) Uh, Really?
1: Uh, We're going to need you. (laughs) Callie, we're going to need you to edit that (laughs) ASAP.
2: (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Down to a, a six minute clip.
1: So. Well, I mean, it's really not that complicated when you realize that. Uh, um, so at the RPR seminar, Texas has two serves.
2: That's all he has. Well, no, two
1: no. But at the RPR seminar, we realize that certain people have a blind spot uh, within their vision where they can't see things. So it's like, uh, you know, w- the nervous system is grown in such a way that I can't recognize things. Uh, Texas blind spot. Is a fucking forehand it's Sir, right, in, right in front of he him. He cannot fucking hit. So all you do is just keep playing to his forehand, and then he just gets mad and fucking hits it out, and then you beat him fucking twenty-one to nothing.
0: Does he really have a blind spot, or he's just not able to react?
1: No, we did, we
3: did test my vision, and I, my CNS shuts down if you're right in front of my face. You can't see that. <laughs>
1: You can't see that. Yeah, that's why.
0: It, Wouldn't you say that's kind of like an evolutionary deficiency? Like that's pretty fucking imperative to be able to see what's directly in front of your face.
1: Yeah, uh, that's why he doesn't kiss anybody. No, it explains everything. Because <laughs> if we look at the two ninety, yeah, I have a blind spot. Right <laughs> my <face>. He's like, <laughs> what's weird is when the chick's sucking the side of my face, I'm fine, but when I turn <laughs> to her, no, <laughs> she's real hot from far away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's but she's far from hot.
2: It all starts to make <laughs> sense, McQuown. I'm thinking of the the who's taller chick in Newport. Mm-hmm. We got a
1: long list. With the chick that was six five, and she was kind of, you know uh, cradling you like a little baby. Mm-hmm. That one.
2: Well, that was one of them. That was
1: another one. <laughs> Man, I think I saw the video. Of Jesse Gray, remember that when that when he's making out with that big
2: chick. Oh yeah, at Rudy's. That was
1: yeah, great. that was great. The chick like so Jesse Gray's over there like standing on his in tip. his single days. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. single, standing on his tippy toes. And mind you, this girl like had to like widen her stance and was leaning down because she was every bit of about six three. Yeah, Jesse's like 5'8". and like maybe and it was it was so uncomfortable. I actually snapped a video of it. I was <laughs> okay. like getting
0: into the universal athletic position just to like make mm-hmm. out with him.
1: And I think Nate was in the background with just this like horrified look on his face. Like <laughs> you know, it's only Nate
2: can do. Mm-hmm. Good old days.
0: Oh, Rudy's
2: for a nacho or two you know uh
1: rudy's closed down <laughs>
0: i'll just i'm gonna stop by i'll just stop by. you know for rudy's
1: like... went out of business did they really yeah last time i drove by i was like oh
0: since when did like skanks and beers <laughs> go <laughs> out was, of business it
1: was the ending of an era i can't believe it they mm-hmm. must have gotten like a lawsuit or something because man, crazy that place would slay it
2: for the listeners there's an area in newport beach called the the peninsula Balboa Bel- peninsula And right as you come down, essentially like the busiest entry point, Newport Boulevard, there was a patio bar that was like just a great starting point, right? Sports bar. Yeah, sports bar, great starting point. Lots of TVs. Lots of TVs, plenty. Like, it's not the best service if you're going for food, but if you're just looking for someone to slang drinks and have a good time. It's like you, there's no, how that place failed. It, it's just beyond me. Yeah. When other spots can stay, it had to have been like a rent deal, right? Like the yeah, or I, someone bought no, it. Well, he he owned the land. I think they must.
1: Uh, they they opened like two more locations mm. that I think Spreken. tanked. Okay. And I think when they tanked, they went ob and they sold it. Yeah. Uh, because I remember they they had like Ladera Ranch and they had like a couple other locations. So they should have just kept it simple. Stayed <laughs> stayed in like the peninsula, and
2: absolutely murdered just, it. Yeah, in the war zone. Yeah.
0: Yeah, something happens when you walk through the, the roll-up doors of Rudy's. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's the place? Um, what was the place next to the Sangria Bar? Uh,
1: Bloobie. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, no not um, That was the rooftop. Yeah, no, it, uh, wow. it wasn't the castle, but it was... Uh...
2: You know, across from the yeah, bike shop. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, it, it changed names like every okay. other week. You remember?
2: Uh, I, I never really went there, but that was another place that was just always freaking packed, always packed.
1: I did like Blue Beet. Blue mm-hmm. Beet was awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were those were the days. Oh, uh, Sharkies, Sharkies. That's what I'm thinking. Sharkies, oh, Sharkies. Yeah, oh, Sharkies. God.
1: God, they're uh, fish uh, the, the fishbowl <laughs> margarita. It's <laughs>
2: like eight straws, and just. I don't know Mm -hmm. what's in there, but I didn't know Marguerite was blue. Another dusty story. Like five dudes going to share a fishbowl and he just finished it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he peed in it and then you guys drank it. That's what happens.
0: It's amazing how like memories like that can be like so cringeworthy. And yet like uh, there's like a little bit of nostalgia, right? (laughs) Like how can you have both? But you just have both where you're like, oh, God.
2: And so, and like that was supposed to be kind of a chill day, Well, And you might like this in text. You might like it as well. Uh, so like Dusty just goes hard gets and gets just absolutely pink canned and we're supposed to like just kind of be like have day buzz go out hang out and then go out that night but he bolts across Newport Boulevard right right across a- after Sharky's. and there's the bike the bike shop which was a gym yeah, though yeah, right yeah, wasn't it yeah, a gym though yeah like it became Balboa yeah Balboa RKC, Fitness yeah yeah RKC Balboa spot. Fitness but they had and he's bolt I mean I'm he takes off he's a pretty quick dude and he's looking back like. But you know, giving and us then, the fingers, and then hits the bike, hits the chain, yeah, hits. The, and there's like a chain, that chain fence, you know, that goes yeah. between concrete pylons, and he goes ass over tea kettle, and he's <laughs> oh just got God. like chain linked welts across Aww. his shins, and then like after that, he was just pretty quiet the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shocker, you know. Um, one him of my, down a uh, peg or two. One of my
1: favorite moments was uh, going to the Wild Goose and uh Good. seeing star <laughs> seeing starsky and hutch Whoa. aka hinsman and uh lissa uh-huh basically kick the door off of the hinge and the whole place turns and is like off the hens <laughs> and like and like <laughs> oh yeah like they're like, like walking around like i'm like do you guys come here a lot? Like it was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> like it was unbelievable. Callie,
2: Callie's walking in, puts her hands up empty, and the bartender just frisbees a set of a set of sunglasses. She throws them on, lens pre-removed, <laughs> ready to party. Yeah.
1: I got my party glasses
0: on. Their prescription is for me and me uh, alone. <laughs> Lensless uh, frames. Dude, yeah. it, it,
1: I mean, it was crazy. The door like came off the hinges. There was fucking smoke. And like I, I was like, <laughs> you got to be fucking kidding me with these crazy broads.
0: Oh, I love that place. I, I mean, know. They, place.
1: they have your picture up, so don't worry about it.
0: I'm wholesome and matronly now, so <laughs> <laughs> everything's changed. <laughs> uh,
2: any other questions, McWoken? We're two hours in.
0: Oh, two God. and a half hours. I know I texted my boss and I was like, I'm gonna be in late today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got I got this thing.
0: I got a thing.
3: A uh, penguin chimed in. The probability of being the pe- the penguin being a block one coach. Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: We and you, already, know who it, you know who this person is, right, Text Because they mm, sent you an email, right?
3: Well, it turned out that was someone just pretending to be the penguin. The worst part of this is there's, like, that copy, copycat killer.
0: Uh, so someone is just
3: <laughs> pretending to be the penguin and talking no, shit.
0: the worst part are the posts. That's the worst part. It's, like, uh, how cheesy some of the posts so, are. So,
1: yeah, the penguin jumped the shark fucking Fonzie style a while ago. <laughs> he just, like, at this point, like, it's just kind of sad.
0: Mm. <laughs> Just
1: mm, that
2: hurts.
0: Like a, a dying star. This person's
2: pouring their heart and soul into this outlet, John, just well, looking for a little is, bit of attention. It's sing, a cry for help. Sing, sing, sing is the help. only
1: person we know that, that can beat a dead horse better than you is nobody. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's just, a compliment. just by deductive reasoning.
0: Is nobody except for you with a different handle. It ain't me, that.
2: babe. It ain't me. Okay, okay. It ain't me. I think it, I do have the, a little bit of me that thinks Hinsman's involved in this penguin thing. No. And
0: of course you would divert attention to me. I barely know how to run my own fucking Instagram account. Uh-huh. They, no, there's no way. I do you mean, see the a... photoshopping skills that are involved? It's... Exactly.
1: We we know it's not we know it's not <laughs> Heptonstall. I thought Heppenstall was involved in some no, way. No, we searched his computer. <laughs> we searched his computer. That was awesome. We hacked his computer. <laughs> we went in. There is nothing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Harry
0: gave me his computer to do work-related stuff. He wanted me to like put some stuff on his computer and John just was like, Whose computer is that? Immediately takes it and then starts doing like some weird, you know, when the Matrix pulls up all the code and shit like that. It's all scrolling. Yeah. That's exactly what happened on (laughs) Harry's computer. And John's like this computer is clean <laughs> I'm like what the fuck
1: yeah there's, there was a lot of like weird cat porn meme but mm-hmm. <laughs> who doesn't have that yeah. stuff you know yeah. uh, you know I'll, I'll tell you um, kids being kids uh, I, don't think, I don't think Luke's ever gonna one he's never gonna cop to it and mm. two he's never gonna mess up he's, he's just not gonna mess up
2: that is all of that is very complimentary I appreciate it that I am deemed to be that high level of a criminal and prankster but sadly it ain't me it feels like, it feels it, it feels like a lot
1: of work yeah uh, mm-hmm. like somebody who has no fucking life or mm-hmm. sense of humor
0: it's so much time do you think it's ingo
1: his his sense of humor is pretty bad but i don't think it's that bad
2: <laughs> mhm mhm there's got to be a tell there's a tell in there i told i already gave you guys my my forensic analysis and you, I can't believe you're just glossing over it. What was your forensic analysis? Yeah, There's, what is it based on? Are, are we allowed to talk about it on air? I don't know. Or. Probably cut this part out. <laughs> uh, Sergison posted a play, has a Spotify playlist that has the exact same Photoshop skills and technique on his album covers that the Penguin uses on his photo, on his social accounts. All right, it's him. Uh, I mean, it's and legitimately, like, if you were to look at the body of art side by side, it's the same person.
0: All right, it is him. So now we can talking about it. <laughs>
3: yeah, in support of that, he does spend a hell of a lot of time on social media. What do you think about that,
1: fellas? Um, well, or
3: it's did just I just copy
2: yeah. Sergison's Photoshop
1: style? Uh, I think that one is better. You're like, mm. who could be a willing dupe? Surgeonson. I don't think that Surgeonson has the balls to fucking fuck with us like that.
2: You don't think so? I don't yeah. think he thinks they're... I mean, I don't perceive it to be I do fucked it. with.
1: I, I think it's... uh, I think he's attacking us. I think we I, I think we meet the penguin,
2: we fight the penguin. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, it's the victim mentality I would expect out of you.
1: Well, I'm just, you know, the fact that you're defending the penguin, I'm just starting to think that maybe just, you're involved wh- with the
3: penguin. I think
2: you're getting soft, Wellborn. I think John just wants to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fight a fucking penguin. Yeah, I think you're getting soft. You're letting the intern go home early. Now you getting
1: insulted. I just insulted didn't, I by just some didn't have anything. Posts. I just didn't know that. Uh, one, I don't get. Inv- uh, I don't get invited by social media posts. But I definitely think he's kind of aggressive towards
2: us. Huh? Yeah. I passive, guess.
0: passive aggressive. What How's everything it? going with the new intern? Good.
2: It's going. I think. I don't know i've uh i've taken more of a hands off approach on this one he's not here to be a coach or anything he just wants yeah, to get strong you got
0: you gotta run that uh, penguin account so you're that's right dizzy.
2: absolutely <laughs> uh he just um
1: he's just needs to get in better shape and and gain some muscle and um just fucking go out and do a bunch of menial fucking tasks so that mm-hmm. he uh learns that it's probably better to get an education so that you
2: maybe not have to do menial tasks right mm-hmm. and i'm i'm waiting for him to like Whenever we prescribe him something to do, whether it's dig a ditch or move some rocks or whatever, it's just like, dun dun, 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 dun mm-hmm. just like moseying along, rounded mm-hmm. shoulders. No, like, sense go out there, of go fucking attack this and see how. It, try to break the ground. Just go fucking smash yeah. it, right? Like him swinging the yeah. pickaxe. So I'm, ex- I want him to just get over that hump and just fucking rip the head off of this shit.
3: Luke does have a. The task for him each time he says the word like uh, or um mm-hmm.
2: uses soft language when he's talking to me. Uh, he's got a voice.
3: pause. He's got a pause. Say, hey, and w-
2: what rec- did you just say to me? And rec- why did you just say
3: like? And recite <laughs> a mantra. A mantra of, I said the I use the words like or um or ah because I do not value your time and stop to think about what I'm going to say to you.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
2: Mm-hmm. And he has to make eye contact. If he doesn't, then I get to karate chop him.
0: (laughs) You're such an asshole because that takes up even more time (laughs) for him to go through that whole process. Kelly, are you just
1: figuring this out now?
0: It's so so absurd. It's called
1: called called mentorship. Isn't
2: that
0: ironic? Why don't you just punch him in the balls every time he does it? He'd learn Uh, a lot quicker.
1: They probably wouldn't feel it. And that
0: takes up way less time.
1: They're they're probably small.
0: I
2: don't know. (laughs)
1: I've really thought about his testicles,
2: to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> well, maybe you should.
2: <laughs> um, how's, all right, uh, I'll still throw that into the mix.
1: Uh, how's, um, how's Mel doing with the thought of being a grandma?
0: She's She's elated. She's really pumped. I think she thought like something like this would never happen. Um, we so, all did,
2: to be yeah, honest with you. No
0: shit. <laughs> me included. Uh, we still don't I, we
1: still don't know how it happened.
0: I don't I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, so she's yeah, she's pumped. She's excited. <clears throat> she's she's being good though. She's not like overbearing or anything. Sweet.
1: Is. Believe me, she's probably fighting every inclination. Well at least she's fighting it. I mean, Oh yeah. I'm surprised she's not there just with you know, a-blazing. Nesting. God
0: that woman i swear to god yeah i mean i went i went home for a long weekend a couple of weeks ago and um she just i mean just speak casual like just she just like i came home at like 8 p.m and she's dressed in like a full fucking pantsuit with like a blazer and like a like a scarf thing that like frills up like this like and I'm austin like, powers just what are you you're just hanging out around your own house and this is uh, what you're wearing?
1: She's rocking like six-inch stilettos, you're like
0: She had like a like a big brooch that's like all diamondy. Like I'm like, what the you're not receiving the president you know this
2: is... well
1: is she's in training to be an african dictator you remember when i sent you all those uh, pictures of african dictators and all their outfits and i was like this is where mel hinsman yeah. gets her uh, her, uh, her fashion sense <laughs> <laughs> like i love african dictator <laughs> That's what I um, imagine uh, her waking yeah. up and being like, "Let me see what the guy in the Congo is wearing today." Oh, yeah, I'm she's like a him.
0: military general in like, yeah, another country. It's, it's so of, Bizarre, but that yeah. She's like a North so.
1: Korean general where they have all those medals like down to yeah. the, like on their
0: pants. Nonsensical. <laughs> just flare like merit badges. Her. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, uh, well, that's awesome. Are you um? Are you going to go to Summer Strong?
0: Really want to. I'm, I should probably ask uh, <laughs> more experienced uh, pregnant women this kind of thing, but I that's like right a, a month before I'm supposed to expel mm-hmm. said fetus. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, you should totally show up to something like that, like eight months pregnant.
0: I don't, I don't know. Is it, is that frowned upon? Like, or no, am I gonna be really uncomfortable?
1: Uh, I well, the, my only barometer for this is my wife, same, and yeah. I just know it, like, but she had twins, right. I just know, and she's small, so uh, she I, I would just have
0: been, like that would have been a no go for sure.
1: Uh, she like I remember that last month it was like um, uh, her on the couch trying like she had those um, what do you call it those Normatec uh, things you know that like uh, pump like fluid out of the legs. So I had Normatec boots for her, and she would wear those to try to get swelling out of her feet because her feet were so swollen. And yeah, uh,
0: so that yeah, that's so. That's when did not... that
2: start though, John? For her, like in that eighth month.
1: uh yeah probably like rated like Mm -hmm. seven eight months like the last two months is when she was getting a lot of swelling in her feet but she's tiny so like you know yeah
0: and twins that's yeah
2: crazy and for what for what it's worth paki worked up two weeks up until two weeks before her due date and uh, wedding so she and she even hits like some double weekends near the Mm -hmm. end there so she was on her feet like eight hours type deal and managed i mean uh but she's also a pretty stubborn bird who probably wouldn't fucking complain even if I asked. Mm-hmm. But So she was mobile. But I feel like you'll know before that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think we, the hard we'll part get is... You, I mean, I think we're, we're going to sponsor again and I, probably pulling a ticket for you if you want it. And then if you use it, whatever. If you don't. Well, I, I
1: think and it's wild. a nine-month sobriety challenge. That you know, hopefully you don't fall yeah. off the wagon. But we
2: got that same Airbnb. So
0: Define fall off the wagon.
2: <laughs> uh less than less than more than three drinks an hour.
0: <laughs> uh well I've been able to stay well within that range. Really? I I've, I've had a few sips here and there, like sips of wine here sure. and
1: there. Yeah. My my mom used to come on with a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing. She crazy. said they
1: frown on that stuff now, but back in the day, they're like, oh yeah, just so.
0: It's more like societal bullshit, you know, like whatever. Like, like if, like if, if you go out handle-
1: to if you go out to a restaurant and a pregnant woman orders a drink, oh yeah, they'll fucking shut that place. down. Yeah.
2: And then I Ash know. started smoking crack, and people were freaking out too. <laughs> yeah, she's, she, she's over there like
1: I always thought it'd been hilarious to have like a punk where they're like videoing and you know the people standing oh outside, God, outside dude, smoking, that- and like you go out like pregnant like hey can I bum a cigarette and be like mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah the kid the kid will so never see this mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah um yeah no i think uh i think it's my goal is is to go and i think um the only concern with the travel is just that like you could go into labor on a plane or like that's fine that's it yeah that's fine and i was just like so be it so we land and that's it right Mm -hmm. you know you you maybe earn a a little extra bag of peanuts and
2: yeah and a good story
0: (laughs) yeah a hell of a story (laughs)
2: All right, so we'll chalk you down as a maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else we got for old Hensman?
1: <clears throat> favorite podcast?
0: We already did this. No, of,
1: I, right? no, but like overall number one, most favorite, best episode ever.
0: God, I feel like the... I honestly feel like the Hatfield one always gets me like teared up towards the end when he does his like... Uh, his little soliloquy at the end, you know,
1: yeah, the that thing. one's
0: pre- that one's pretty epic. I've listened to that one a lot. And he just, he's just, he feels like when you're listening to him, he feels like just you're wrapped up in a warm blanket. He's just like a nice, nice old dude. I also like to listen to like the symposium ones, the one we used to record those. because mm-hmm. Those were always pretty funny. Um, so those are always fun to do. Um, Trying to think because it's been so long since I really have engaged on the podcast, and it as a somebody who goes back and edits, it's it's difficult because there's so many questions that I want to ask, um, and then there's so many instances where I want to like talk shit to you guys, or there's like an opportunity to. Um,
1: I I just thought you piped in. You just like <laughs> I dub, should. You should w be like, and you guys are idiots. I are like, Who was that? Oh, that was there's,
0: yeah. There's so much where I just want to like call you out on some bullshit, and um, I'm just not, you know, I'm not there to do it. That's just what bullshit? It you guys, nobody call. You guys don't. You you only call Tex out on bow shoes, and that's about that's the extent of the pushback you give each other. I think it's like become a pretty soft environment there.
2: I too, I knew we were getting soft. And you're it. all
0: just giving each other handies the whole time, and it's HJ's. It gets, yeah. yeah. That's it's... how
1: we get through our days.
2: <laughs> Lots of HJs. I'm yeah. trying to, I'm going back to, are you scrolling through text the episode list? Mm-hmm. I see your little cursor in there. Uh-huh, I know, I look at, look uh-huh. back. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the, one of my favorites was uh Jim Schwartz from the Charlie Foundation. Abrams. I don't remember. Uh, I'm sorry, uh not Jim Schwartz. Uh, Abraham. uh yeah, yeah, Jim, Jim or Abraham's Abrahams. Abrams when we had him on and we were talking and then when I realized that he was the director and producer and wrote The Naked Gun and Airplane. Oh, yeah. And all of the movies that I grew up on that I absolutely love. At that point, I was like, I can't, believe this is the greatest moment of our lives. And he told us the Leslie Nielsen stories. I was like, that's a great one.
2: Alan Gannett. I like that one. Who was that? Um, the Creative Curve. He, he was on his book tour. Talk, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, kind of a little squirrely dude. Yeah, it was just all hyped up and down, all over the place. Uh, what else? What else? What else?
0: That Paul Carter one was good. The one with longevity when they called you out for not chewing your food because you had like full chunks of food in your um, in your stool. Luke, remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah,
2: they're <laughs> like this is a whole chicken wing. <laughs>
0: that was good. That was good. You're not. Supposed it's, still to eat the it's, 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 it's still
2: got the spices on. It. <laughs> oh those were the days the crew 200 what was that one
0: um you know which one also i'm looking back i i did like the conversation with rick smith i thought that was really an eye yeah i
2: actually that was a good one too yeah
0: yeah because i remember luke you you touched on a lot of like you you sort of you could hear you going through the the mindset of yeah maybe like maybe like killing you know is not the the end all be all. It's just a a technology issue like he was Mm. talking about. Yeah,
2: that one resonated like, holy shit, that's totally like you could imagine just. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah.
0: That was a really fascinating one. Um,
2: Canavy, The Colonel. I I like the Matt Lalonde one where we pinned him down to, Tell us what the healthiest candy was. <laughs> peanut M uh, and yeah, It's right. like you heard of peanut M Ms or paleo. He's like, I did not say that. I yeah. <laughs> he's like, computer is broken. He probably hung up. He's like, I'm never doing that podcast oh, again. Oh, uh, he's never done
1: a podcast ever since. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll periodically like, yeah, not not often, but like, uh, what's strange is uh, Matt actually texts me. Um, at every holiday, wishing me like a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Like, I get like texts from him, but it's always around the holidays. And I'm like, man, I'm so sad that we don't we only connect on this. You should get back on the podcast. And he's like, John, dot, 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 you know, I don't do podcasts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's not a social creature. I like the Logan Gelbrich ones too. He's always a good guy for
3: mm-hmm. to like mindset, explore. Kara Miller. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. Then there's the episodes where it's just John and I, and I'm questioning and fearing every action I take on the, the, the recording. Just mm-hmm. curious if we will capture this.
2: Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't know how to click. Can't we Richard a Citrin was a good one. Who's our guide? What did you
3: just say? Richard Citrin. Oh, yeah, Tony Fu's athlete. Mm-hmm. Stress
1: guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't he a professor? Oh, John Howard was a good one, too. <laughs> yeah, John Howard was great. Oh, yeah. He's like, Yeah, I moved to Peru when I was 12 by myself. We're like, hmm. Um, Adam.
0: I like Jim Carizzi's. Adam.
1: Carizzi.
2: Adam Hansen?
3: Hansen, that's it.
2: Let's get him back on. Okay. See what the dude is up to. The El dude, Reno, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jokes. It's uh, oh, so funny.
2: Uh, leader of Cola. I don't want a goddamn Leader of Cola. I don't want a goddamn large farva. <laughs>
1: hey, uh, what's that uh, place you like with the fried mozzarella sticks and
0: the no. goofy shit
1: on the wall? Uh,
2: shenanigans? Oh. Pistol with the next guy who says shenanigans. <laughs> does that ever happen? Callie, does that ever happen?
0: Yes, all the time. Really? Yeah, it's all the time.
2: Crazy. Is that, did that lamp come with the house
0: over there? Uh, you guys, are we done?
2: We're just getting started. Yeah, no, we're just warming up.
0: <laughs> I just got all a text. Right. Like, what time do you think you'll be in today?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, I think uh... if, that's it. All right, thank you for another podcast in strength. and.
2: No, we're not thanking them for the podcast, for listening to the podcast.
1: No, we're thanking them for the podcast because without, like w- without the people, we wouldn't be doing this. I, dis- I disagree.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 no he's not wrong mm-hmm. McQuoken, Zinger Cal you wanna do you wanna sign us off alright then we'll do it okay text. <laughs> well you we, guys have
0: been botching it lately how do you, what's your she, normal one liner like and that concludes another episode of the Premier Podcast and thank you Podcast. Power Athlete
2: Nation for listening to yeah. another episode of the Premier Podcast in strength and, and conditioning con Doe ing Doe, do do dough
0: Strength condo.
2: and condo, do, do.
0: Right. Well, well since so.
3: John's off the the ing, it yeah, throws us off. off. Cutscene. I off hate the, ing.
0: the condo thing. I've only I, 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 I fucking
1: hate
3: text condo
2: text too. Like, like, Tom uh, People be like, well, "Oh, I John, got a condo test." We have we do have a proposal for you about the cons. Oh yeah, right. right expanding right. upon the Metcon. we have pow SpeedCon, what else text? <laughs> Rom We could do Rom con. Rom-con. air. Con air. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's Luke's
1: Fly-con. favorite genre of movie, Rom con. Met
0: Con air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God, you, no you know, my favorite action, part about action, uh, con romantic is how bad his fucking accent is that weird southern accent, real drone out. He's awesome. What? He's awesome. He's in that not. Movie. He is. His it's fucking just, hair, everything, like in that movie. Like, I watched it probably like a few months ago and I'm like, this is awful. All right.
0: He's such a slime. Recast ball. it. Huh. Who are you
2: putting in there to make that movie, Con Air? At that same date. At that same time? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rock. What year did that come John out? John
0: Loves The Rock.
2: What year did that movie come out? Con Air 2004. Guess. Yeah, no way. 2006. 2004. 1997-7. 97? Mm-hmm. Um, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. What's Val Kilmer doing in 97?
1: Uh, looking. There's no way.
3: Well, let's just look at the top-billed movies in 97 to get an idea of the actor wars. Titanic, Face Off, Goodwill Hunting, Boogie Nights, Fifth Element, Jackie Brown, L.A. Confidential, As Good As It Gets, Men in Black one. Starship Troopers, Conair Austin Powers one. Seven Years in Tibet. So Brad Pitt was available. Uh, Donnie Brasco. That's a great one. Anaconda. Devil's Advocate. Gross point blank. Do you put Keanu in there? Dante's Peak. I oh, I yeah. know what you he- did last summer. Mm. Copland.
1: mm Stallone.
3: Stallone.
2: Oh, that would be a totally different movie, though.
1: No, I think uh, Scream I Two. Think Val Val Kilmer would be great in that
0: movie. Hey, what about Edward Norton? He would have played a good. I think he would have played a good. Uh,
1: you know, he uh, he made that that movie. Was it Primal Fear? Mm-hmm. Right, which was set him on fire, and then he goes and does American History X, which was kind of interesting. I don't know if you if you ever read the, the Saint, original? Sorry, Val Kilmer was busy filming The Saint. <laughs> uh, that's another Such another great movie. movie. Um, but,
0: that is a great movie. Uh, I, I
1: read a deal about American History X where the uh, original or the director, uh, the original movie actually put, um, like where he goes out and curb stomps and kills the dude at the end of the movie to make him the villain and they actually recut it to put it in as the reason he went to prison so they completely recut the movie to kind of make him this like anti-hero at the end and come out opposed from like he like totally reformed himself and then goes and kills a dude at the very end like the you know the basically the story of like people don't change Mm -hmm. and so the the director was like this was the original screenplay this is how it was supposed to be written this is you know wasn't supposed to be this uh, you know, almost like this glorification like movie. Buttoned up. Yeah, it was supposed, to, and they they fucking changed it. They were like, you know what? I wow. wanted to paint the, you know, the the white supremacist is like, you know, like that that shit's infectious, and like people don't change.
2: And so did did Ed have was it his call to recut it? Or uh,
1: I don't I don't recall if he said that, uh-huh. but uh, it was just pretty interesting because they were talking about like uh you know twenty years later on mm. it.
2: Instead, we lose Eddie Furlong in the end. Sad, tragic. Not really. You're not an Eddie Furlong guy? No. T2, man. He is a dude. John Connor peaked. What? You're probably
1: right. Just driving around with a boombox playing Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine.
2: Yeah. On a dirt bike. On a dirt living, bike. Living a young man's dream in LA. Ripping off
1: ATMs with Arnold chasing them that? on so a that's fat 90 boy.
2: Two one. One? Okay, so John, nineteen ninety one, LA. Can you can you get away with riding around in your neighborhood on a dirt bike? Hundred percent. Man, what a what a time to be alive. hundred percent. So
1: nineteen ninety would have been I was a freshman in high school in 90, so 91 I would have been like uh, 50. Yeah, 100%.
2: So you, were there kids driving dirt bikes to school or anything like that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I knew a couple of kids that had dirt bikes that had uh, blinkers on them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah.
2: You could nee. And then just go, ramping off into the aqueduct?
1: Oh. No, in, in the, that was the, um, not aqueduct, um, um, the LA River. Oh. Yeah, LA River Basin.
2: Where the beer flows like wine.
1: <laughs> the women swoon like the... <laughs> Salmon to San Juan Capistrano. All
2: right, so you're saying Val Kilmer as Con Air recast. Accent? or No Shemar- accent. Um, I'm going Ed Harris. Ooh, Ed Harris? Yeah. Okay. What? what? He's a little Why? old.
0: Yeah, it's not appropriate. Why?
1: I like Ed Harris. He was great. You no, couldn't I picture
2: Ed could... Harris as being a retired
1: I loved, military I or loved or, him in... Uh, retired um, Marine... Who punches somebody's nose? What was the movie with Cage? Uh, um, Escape from... uh, No, um, the one with Connery. No, No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Rock. The Rock. Oh my Uh, gosh!
1: I I, I was like, Ah, welcome to the Rock.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, He's like, he's almost like
0: too sophisticated though for that. Like, I don't think he could. I think he's got
2: range. Text. What was the movie I made you watch where Ed Harris was a psycho? He was.
3: Oh, Oh, with Sean Connery.
2: Uh huh. What was that the called? Rock. No, <laughs> it was like an old, uh, 88, like, uh, crime drama. What was that called? Just Cause. That's it. Yeah. Just Cause. Huh. And Harris is awesome Ooh. in that he's, and he's like uh, a psychopath killer. At the time trashy. that Con
1: Air came out, like mm. who else would have been like the cheesy action star?
2: Uh, you could argue Will Smith, but I could see that being like socially, uh, I don't know, like. African-American dude being in j- in jail. I don't know. Is that, a, is that taboo at that time or no?
1: I don't know. I'm just wondering. No. Uh, I watched a pretty good movie with Will Smith uh, recently. He was uh, on a plane. Gemini, Gemini Man. Man? Yeah. That's I liked f- it. I liked it too. I thought it was
2: good. Tex hates it of course because Tex thinks that he's promoting some sort of political agenda in every movie. 100%. Like, not, Unlike any of the Texas favorite actors, they would never do such Have a thing. Have you
0: guys thing. seen 1917? Not yet. Yes. I, I haven't seen it yet. I what to is it? Though.
2: If you
3: get the opportunity, you got to go in a movie theater. What is it? That's it's a movie about World War One. <laughs> <Huh>. Just <laughs> a one day. Harry so Shaw must
2: be here because he just texted me. Will Smith sucks. <laughs> one, con-
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's one continuous <laughs> shot. So you're you're basically living this day with these guys going through is, on yeah, there. it it's one is it twi-
0: cinematic? Is shot, it twenty four hours? Incredible. Is it
1: twenty four hours?
3: It Long? more or less. I'm not going to give away in this story, but it's just one. They got. No, it's nine hours. They have nine hours to accomplish said mission, but it takes place over two. Mm-hmm. But it's one continuous. The, um,
1: it's not realistic, though.
2: Did you see Ford vs. Ferrari? Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. Did you see that? What was it? Ford vs. Ferrari? What was it?
0: No, great story,
2: great acting. I think you'd love it. It's just right length the Don't of you movie. think Christian Bale would have been way better in uh, uh What's he doing in 97?
0: No. Oh, my God. Why do you follow up with a question when he's asking because, Well, Well,
2: When's American answer? Psycho? 2000... What difference 99? does it make? <laughs> uh, because yeah, that was his uh, breakout. Um, uh, no, American
1: Psycho would have been... Christian Bale's breakout was like as a kid. Yeah, he, no, was, he was in uh, pre-American Psycho.
2: Whatever, whatever. The year,
3: 1997, he was in Metroland?
2: Ooh, question. I got it. I have a good recast for Con Air. Mel Gibson?
1: Hmm. Okay. I'd buy it. Like, yeah. like Mel Gibson, like, take the, like the Patriot or Lethal like Weapon. Lethal no. Weapon? Yeah. Bruce
2: Willis. Willis.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Bruce
2: Willis. That that would be heavy on act. Well, I mean, I guess uh... it is. There's a level of like cheese to it, though. And that because that's a that's a um, is that Michael Bay
1: movie? Yeah, um, or no. No, it wasn't. It um not Michael Bay. It was uh, Jerry Buckenheim. Yeah. Bro- bro- Buckenheim. uh uh, Bruckenheim. Mm. Or, mm. We got director no, Simon West. Oh, okay. Are you sure are you <laughs> sure it was? <laughs> are you sure wasn't a Jerry Bruckheimer movie? Yes.
0: Mm. There's no Brockenheimer.
3: Simon West has also done Tomb Raider 1,
0: mm.
1: The General's Daughter. Why mm. <laughs> do you hmm after everything he said
2: hmm Says so, oh. so you've never oh. seen mm. any of this? Black Hawk mm. Down. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've Lock never seen down. the general's daughter. Or I may have. I've definitely seen Tomb Raider. Yes,
0: you have. It's it's that's a good movie. General's daughter's good. Okay,
2: movie. Expendables Maybe. two. This guy's hot. Hot. Hmm. 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 That's mm. about and it.
0: And that concludes <laughs> another episode of the Premier Podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, who would you
2: recast into Con Air? <laughs> Let us know. Okay. Send an email to Kali K A L I at PowerAthleteHQ.com K-A-L-Y K-A-H-L-Y at PowerAthleteHQ.com You can also go with uh, Mama Hinsman mm-hmm. at PowerAthleteHQ. That's the <laughs>
0: That's other right. one we use. That would be Mel. That would be <laughs> Big my Big Mama's mother. house.
2: But in all seriousness, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Premier Podcast. Who would you recast in Big Mama's house?
4: Oh, my God. Ooh, I
2: the year heard. is 2000. So we're doing a remake of Big Mama. Oh, wait, we're recasting in 2000 or we're remaking? Cutscene. There are three Big Mama's houses. Hey, uh, Kelly hung up. Okay, bye. Bye. Drop phone, drop
0: on, drop on. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. You like that abrupt exit right there? I hate goodbyes. Uh, Thank you to all of our listeners and anyone really who makes it this far into our show. It's kind of like a lengthy voicemail from an elderly relative that just goes on and on with no point. So thank you again to all of our listeners and anyone who's rated us on iTunes or any other platform for podcasts. We really appreciate it. And of course, until next time. Bye!